And we are live once again, WrestlePurist Podcast, episode 111, hosted by myself, Big AO, Charlie, and Joe Hulbert will be joining us live via satellite, so get ready for that. I uh, hope everyone's still enjoying their holidays uh, today. We're back with another AEW Dynamite review, back in the normal slot on Thursdays. Uh, we've got a few other things to get into as well, but first things first, as always, please like, subscribe. Super chat, any questions, any takes, any opinions, anything like that, all we'll get them read out. Um, hope everyone's doing good. Same with my fellow co-host, Charlie. What's going on today? Hello. Doing all right, yeah. Just been celebrating the festive season. Spent so much time with family over the last couple of days. I feel like I live in the same town as all my family, and I've no, I do not see them as often as I have over the past like week or so. But, yeah, had a good Christmas ready to talk some graps before the end of the year and yeah should be an interesting one we'll go with that yeah it was a, it was an interesting show but glad you had a nice mm. christmas you know good family hope you did too yeah man uh ayo how was your christmas brother christmas was great got a lot of spent got to spend a lot of time with my nephew and my family in general i'm actually still here so um i don't know how i sound i ordered new headphones i don't have them because they're at my crib but I'm not in my crib. I'm with my family. Yeah, it was a so, rough week. We saw that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a rough week last week. I, don't, well, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I honestly don't know what's wrong with these, bro. Because I have, I have AirPod, um, not Pros, but like the AirPod Pluses, or whatever, like the the wide ones. I have those. They sound like shit. I have Beats, but they have mics in them. They sound like shit. So I don't know what the issue is. But I ordered wired headphones with a mic actually attached to it. We're back in business, brother. We're back in business. But yeah, man. Excited to um talk about a roller coaster of a dynamite to say the least. Mm, it was sure something. Yeah, man, and uh obviously I gotta do I gotta do what the host does. I gotta see how we gotta see how Joe Holbert's doing. You know, so like I said he will be joining us as satellite in little bits and bobs, you know. These are of course mm-hmm. you know, these are live, you know, so uh don't try and discredit us in that department. Good evening, Puritans. I hope everyone is well. I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas, Charlie, uh, Monty. I appreciate you having me here via satellite. Uh, I am sorry I can't be there this evening to accept my award as wrestler of the year, but I will be appearing throughout the night, nonetheless, in in this very personal form uh, that is definitely live. Um, I'm doing this for a range of reasons. First, I will be there next first as I feel I owe you one, but, you know, I wanted to kind of make it clear to the haters such as Ibu of Wrestle Purists, if that is your real name, um, what it means to be a real top guy. You know, this isn't a guy simply missing a town or skipping a town, God forbid. This isn't a guy running from the grind. This is a professional making the best of a bad situation, which is what folks like myself, AO, Charlie and Monty do. So um, thrilled to be here by satellite, excited to give opinions throughout the broadcast. And uh, with that, Monty, take us away. Very happy to have Joe uh, joining us. You know, Thank you for joining us, Joe. He puts the hours in, he puts the bumps in, he puts the moles in, Joe Hall. But, you know, he... y'all, y'all, y'all need to appreciate Joe, bro, because for him to make mm-hmm. this town after the complete character assassination of one Samoa Joe last night, yeah, it's, it wasn't easy for him. It wasn't easy for him, but he's here. He's, he's doing the work, as one Cody Rose might say. Clap it up for Joe. 
Willow's you gotta applaud it. You know, you gotta applaud these things, people. We we go the extra mile of wrestle purists, you know. Especially uh our core members, whether it's the ones on the screen, whether it's Joe Hulbert or uh it was interesting to see Joe Hulbert take some shots at Back or Pangman. Mm-hmm. Seems to be uh what everyone in the Wrestle Purist family seems to do these days. Well, you know? long overdue, honestly. Like Joe <laughs> Joe's been too nice when it comes to Ebu. Like it's you know it's time, it's time to tell him to fuck off every once in a while. Remember when he took a break? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Break. Bro, that, that, that break was just like, you know what? I'm just not going to help the channel anymore. And he just tweeted constantly. Like, he was, he was like, yo, I'm, I'm just going to get off Twitter. I'm going to unplug from the, from the IWC. You need a refresher. Nigga was on Twitter constantly. He was doing run ins on podcasts, bro. He was waffling. <laughs> Like all that that entire break was just like don't book me for pods. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what he was on. What but, a piece um, of shit. He is, you know, he is. So given last night he um <laughs> he was like, oh, I should have my day off work today. As in talking about not today. So he was saying mm-hmm. tomorrow at the time. Uh, I should be able to make the pod. Woke up this morning, can't make the pod. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will more. say for, for I will say in defense of Ebu, right? I was in um, I was in I was in a Discord call watching Graps with like Rob, Chris, and then Ebu popped in. He was talking to us while he was at work. He was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be on the Dynamite review tomorrow." I heard it wasn't that great, but I'm gonna be on the review tomorrow. And then mid like sentence, his like supervisor or whatever scheduled him for work tomorrow. <laughs> like, so so he wasn't he wasn't, he wasn't cap. He was like, "Oh no, we need you here tomorrow, Poppy." I was like, all right, bro. <laughs> uh good stuff good stuff um all right let's uh we've we've only got a couple but let's uh let's dive into t- these two super chats real quick uh interesting one from nancy regan uh <laughs> five dollars very happy to see action and Dre carry on more legacy what, what, what was that a rib? Like, what was that, Andrew? I like, have no idea, but it was fascinating. People were asking if it was real. Like, it was, it was a whole. It got people talking. It was a moment, you know. And wrestling's about creating moments. Hey, so. Creating moments, brother. It's gonna be an action Andretti's career highlight reel one day. Uh, I'm walking down a path of no return. Uh, always an interesting name for this uh, profile picture. <laughs> One ninety nine. Appreciate you, though. Your favorite movie and show this year. Um, favorite movie. Um, favorite Iron Claw. Probably Haven't seen it. Before. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Claw. I, out of respect, you know. I, I still need to see Iron Claw. I still need to see Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer um, really, really good. I still need to see all of that shit. So I'll say Into the Spider Verse for movie. And for show, I'll say Gen V. WWE Raw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't watch a lot of TV series that aren't related to wrestling. Not to expose you myself. Know, I just N- don't watch N- TV. NXT Level Up showed me some things this year. I might, I might put them <laughs> in my top three. <laughs> I um, mm. but yeah, I don't, I don't really watch what like, current shows or like, series and stuff. Yeah. What my, my usual plan is. It's not much of a plan, really. It's just uh, I'm just late. Like I watched Breaking Bad for the first time this year. You know, finally what got around to it. <laughs> finally got round to it after like ten years. 
Let me um, check my Netflix history. What have I watched this year? What else have I, what what else have I watched recently? I don't know. Um, I'm watching Better Call Saul at the moment, so that's kind of recent, but it's not exactly brand new yeah. this year, you know? Um, I finally started Shameless, again, not new this year, but... The US one or the UK one? Uh, the US one. Shocking. Uh, the, first, yeah, the, first, the first three or four seasons of the US Shameless is like the greatest TV show of all time. It just kind of falls off a cliff, kind of, but it's not... It's still worth finishing, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm halfway through like the second season. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, some uh, some good TV and movies there. Like I said, uh, I haven't seen Iron Claw. It's just uh, you know, I just uh, got a lot of respect for those Van Eric boys. You know. Um, anyway. Excited to be able to watch it. Tony Khan did a media media call. I wrote down media scrum on my notes, and that's where I kind of stuttered a little bit. But media call for Wrestle Dream coming up this weekend, and he was he was he was quite open. You know, he was talking about his booking philosophy, and you know how he feels on top of it at the moment. And the Continental Classic was like, uh, you know, kind of approached it almost like this experiment, and. Um, you know, he's got control groups, whatever he means by that. I don't know if he means focus groups or whatever, you know. And, um, you know, he was, he was playing with the idea of increasing sports like presentation. He said the Continental Classic is one of the most fun things he's ever had the chance to book. Um, but, yeah, hopefully, Charlie and I all, uh, the Continental Classic does kind of set the tone for more AEW Dynamites going forward. What do you think, Charlie? Hopefully. The Continental Classic's the most fun I've had with AEW in a while. Like, it's produced, like, really great matches, and there's just been a lot of story that come out of it with, like, the character work and that. And obviously, that's a credit to the wrestlers. They've done a great job with what they've, like, the time they were given and the matches, matchups at hand. But, yeah, I would love more of that on Dynamite and Collision going forward because it's been great. You know, I know you've really enjoyed the Continental Classic, and I know you've really... <laughs> haven't enjoyed the other stuff so (laughs) hopefully they stay more in this as they call it sports law presentation that's what i say with more 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 with don because like the other stuff quote-unquote other stuff on collisions like it's pretty good for the most part except i don't know abaddon verse and all that it's not really for me but the other stuff on collision is decent but yeah the sports like presentation is something that we were we were promised when aw was announced right like as close to like a pure promotion in the u.s as we could get but obviously it can't be one for one because it is television all right and that's not what we got i'm not saying that like 2019 to 2021 still like my favorite wrestling promotion AEW, so my like my favorite wrestling of all time still has some of my favorite moments of all time but it's just like they we strayed so far from that path bro and i hope like the the CC drew really well, numbers wise. It got people excited. It got people talking. Got people really positive about AEW again. That probably haven't been positive the last few months. Like you know, Monty. But yeah, other people like just the just the resident Brits on on the timeline and stuff. Like people people bought back in I the vision that was AEW. <laughs> He but, goes um, on personal account. The at is the same as my name on here. Uh, all I tweet about is Oberfemi, bro. <laughs> like, bro, speaking of Oberfemi, bro, one of, one of the tweets popped me so bad. But I didn't want to engage with him. I was like, I can't, I can't like encourage his behavior. He was like, which Oberfemi who are you feeling like today, boy? <laughs> <laughs> that tweet made me laugh. The graduation so picks the best, bro. bro man. <laughs> the 
situation. <laughs> I was like, yo, like, in, in what circumstance would Monty feel like Oberfemi graduating from college, bro? Like, what, <laughs> what <laughs> But yeah, man, I, I really like the CC. I hope it sticks around. Yeah. Um, I, I hope it. I hope this is gonna be a hard pivot in the company for people that are like scared because the stuff outside of the CC is not like sports orientate orientated right now. In AEW, creatively, like, one person is in charge of the CC, and he's just fo- focused on that right now. So hopefully when it's over, he'll go back to, like, being over the show and all that and all this um, Jimmy Jacobness, we'll call it. I don't, I'm not going to point any fingers. We'll just call it Jimmy Jacob, though. We'll be kind of pushed to the side. Pointing fingers. I'm not gonna nah, I'm not, nah, it's, just, it's just a name I came up with, bro. It's just a name I came up with. But, uh. Yeah, um, yeah, that's all I gotta say, bro. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that that they'll see how much people enjoyed it and they'll stick with that. And I'm not, I'm not against like, I'm not against comedy segments. I'm not against promo segments. I'm not against wacky stuff. Just make it good wacky stuff, bro. Like, I, I don't know how Monty felt about it, but I know me and Chuck, like the the elite, the the Halloween angle they did um mm-hmm. two years ago with Hangman in the and the Stay Puff Cream Man, whatever you call that thing, that's that's goofy, that's stupid, that's ridiculous. But I thought it was great. Like it's all those things. But I thought it was great. So you could, like, you could be a variety show and make good content and not this devil stuff. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, the devil stuff is, um, yeah, it's not it's not being it's received very well by the AEW faithful, is it? You know, uh, especially last night. Um, because we can say the AEW five for when it comes to Twitter, because you know that's uh, the loudest part of AEW's audience. It has been yeah. from day one, you know. So um, a lot of people were unhappy last night with that, but you know it seems like Tony's been trying to try different things and see how people receive different things, and he was very much talking up the uh, how well received the fan reaction has been for the Continental Classic. So hopefully, more the same. Doesn't mean you have to do a round robin every week, you know, but. Yeah. Kind of uh, in the vein of like two good wrestlers wrestling for a cause, you know, that is just kind of climbing the ladder, brother. You know, um, it's like, bro, like, I remember people used to have to defend AW a lot with, oh, why are these two wrestling? Because they're professional athletes and professional fighters who are paid by a large company to go out there and fight and let the story stem from that as opposed to, oh, you took my hat. Guess we gotta fight now. Like, no, that's Monday night. That's that's 2019 Monday night raw nonsense, bro. Like, we don't we don't gotta do that. Let the stories come from the fights. Like, it, 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 it's easy. Please pray for the rankings. And also with the we're gonna get into it later, but also when people were like, Oh, the fans are investing in this devil stuff. The fans are investing in this devil stuff. Did they make noise? Yeah. But the world champion was pinned last night, and you could hear a pin drop. Not because mm-hmm. the not because the fans were shocked. They didn't give a fuck, bro. They didn't care. They didn't give a fuck. All right. So just tell good stories. That's all. Yes. It's pretty much as simple as how you kind of boiled it down to a lot of the time. Obviously, it's not the only way to do wrestling, especially when you're doing weekly TV, but just like two guys fighting and stories can stem from that, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm very much with Charlie. Bring back the rankings. I was, uh, the past few weeks I've been thinking, like, should they, shouldn't they? I know it's been kind of like a topic a few people have been talking about, but pretty adamant they should, you know? Yeah, bring the rankings uh, back. 
That's not he, to say they were executed perfectly the first time, but you do it. away with them. It's when you do the rankings, it's a lot to keep on top of, especially in the time when AEW were going through it at the time where it was kind of getting becoming a mess and you know, uh yeah. they eventually got rid of it. It's because they were signing all these new top stars that they had know? to protect. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, you have to then, you, like you said, there's a protecting thing. Then there's also like, you know, Brian came in and challenged for the world title immediately. You know, and yeah. there's like there's things like that, um, which also you you know you can still do that with the rankings. I think because it's like you know um, you see it in real sports all the time. There's someone with a big name, exactly. a lot of clout, a lot of uh, a good resume and stuff like, like that. Bro, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna jump the list. It's just how it happens in yeah. the real world, bro. Yeah, like, you just. Yeah, but there's uh there's ways to get around it. I understand from a booking perspective, the the rankings thing is obviously you can't just show up on a Wednesday and be like, I want to add this, this, and this, and this person going over and stuff like that. Like you have to really kind of like plan out how uh you know how your rankings are going to take shape, judging from the results of your TV shows that you're putting on. But you know what? I think the more than they've got enough people in the creative room, it seems like you know. So. uh I think they can keep on top of it, and stories can easily stem from the rankings and people right. want title shots. And again, more sports like feel to the shows. I think that's what a lot of AEW fans, especially AEW fans that are tuning into like this, you know, and like yeah. our our audience are also AEW's audience. Like, I know that's kind of how our audience feels about it. Um, they don't want more, more devil, more. Hell no. More light and, coming off and on. <laughs> and know. good stories have came from the rankings in the past. Like like Britt yeah. Baker's ascension to the face of the women's division. The story was based on the rankings, her farming wins, her trying to get to the top so she can challenge for the belt at double or nothing or whatever. Um Kenny Omega, he was he literally went insane because he was losing matches. He was like, Yo, wins and losses matter here. I'm never gonna become world champion if I keep losing. I gotta sure. get I gotta put points on the board so I could so I can challenge for the belt. Um Hangman Page. He kept he kept trying to get climb up the ladder and he kept tumbling down. Whether it was like Brian Cage pinning him or whether it was like Matt Hardy trying to fuck around with him or whatever. But good stories have come from this in the past, so it can be done. They just you know, yeah, especially Hangman. I remember Hangman having like multiple matches where he was kind of like defending his number one stuff, number yeah. one spot in the rankings. Like even yeah. that in itself becomes its own title. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Obviously, number one contendership is something that people compete for. So um, it's not like AEW needs any more belts. But still, like you go back to like Hangman Adam Page, like I mentioned, like I remember him having the match with um, the match with Brian Cage that you mentioned. Then there was the match that he had with uh, Ricky Starks. I think Ricky got hurt in that, but I, re- I remember yeah. it. You know what I mean? I remember it because yeah. it was a match that meant something, and I remember it was Hangman as number one contender yeah. versus Ricky Starks. You know what I mean? So. Um, you know, uh, just just because a lot of fans were calling for more stories and depths to the matches, because yeah. I've said plenty of times, I don't just want matches on for matches' sake. Do you know what I mean? Um, but the other on the other end, it doesn't mean that you have to think of like this wacky, elaborate, eccentric story for everything, yeah. like the devil stuff or whatever else is going on in AEW that people don't like. You know, so we'll see. Uh, I'm I'm hopeful. You know. I'm not super optimistic in the sense of I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think AEW in 2024 is all of a sudden going to become the 10, 11 out of 10 show that we that we did like in its peak, you know. But 
you know, ho- hopefully the Continental Classic has opened some eyes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Um, you spoke with Tony Khan during this media call as well. Earlier, I did mess up and called it the Wrestle Dream media call, and my co-host didn't correct me. So I didn't hear that. Sorry. <laughs> I said Wrestle Dream. World's I end didn't... media call. When I realised it was too far removed, because I realised because of chat, it was like it happened like four minutes ago at this point. I was just like, it's fine, it's whatever. Yeah, we, we moved on. But anyway, the uh, the World's End media call with Tony Khan. Uh, so he spoke about the company of Classy. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery relationship is currently apparently amazing. There's lots of interest in Ring of Honor, according to Tony Khan. Uh, he believes there will be a lot of suitors for AEW because, of course, there's substantially more interest in AEW than ROH. Um, and he does believe that they'll be getting a big increase based off everything else that we're seeing going on in the market. So, um, you know, of course, you would assume that Tony Khan wants to stay with Warner Brothers, you know, yeah. Warner Brothers Discovery. Obviously, the recent reports and rumours around WWE make it a little bit spooky. Uh, so people are starting to think, where would they end up if it's not if it's not WBD? I don't know because I'm not super familiar with the you know the US stations and stuff like that. But I know ESPN's been floated around. Amazon always gets brought up in these conversations, which mm-hmm. always it always uh, <laughs> my ears perk up a bit when I hear Amazon because it just the old I, I would like to see wrestling go to streaming, whether it be like not even Netflix. just AEW, like. WWE too, like yeah, Netflix, Amazon, like that would be interesting to me, like because mm-hmm. live TV is dying. It is like it is kind of dead. Like I'm melted throughout. Um, uh, TBS or TNT, one of those channels is like 21 percent less homes this year as compared to 2021 or 2022 or something like that. So, it's just, and then we look at these numbers like it's the end all be all, or whatever. And it's really not, bro. But um, I, I would like to see what wrestling on streaming looks like. Thursday night football is is aired on uh on Twitch. No, it's on. It's aired on Amazon now. Twitch or Amazon? I used to watch it. I don't know. I just stream it illegally now. But uh, it worked really well. Like they were doing record numbers. It'd be hundreds of thousands of people watching, or even or even more than that at times. So it is possible. But um, we'll see. We'll see. I think it, I think it's gonna happen. I think it's gonna happen. If not, AW this cycle, maybe WWE the next right cycle or whatever. Because things are moving more towards like every major, um, I don't know what the fuck to call them, but them just having their own streaming service. So I think they're gonna start buying up sports properties and stream just streaming them there. Yeah, if uh, if live TV loses, it starts to slowly lose sports to streaming. Like it, it's over, bro. Because that's all the like, yeah. when it comes to like viewerships and stuff like that. That's all live TV seems to be clinging onto Ooh. these days. Is Live sports and obviously wrestling kind of falls into yeah. that category as well, so that's why their rights fees have been um, going up. And, uh, well, in the you... UK, NXT's permanently moved to the network now, isn't it? That's going to be that's live on weird. there. Yeah, that's a weird one that came out earlier today. Uh, I think the Metro reported it, and I got an email yeah. earlier today. It was live. Yeah, my sister got an email. She was like, "What is this about?" I was like, "Well, NXT's going to be on the network." I don't... Cut that's actually yeah. kind of surprising because it's not like they could pay themselves to put NXT on the network. No. I'm surprised they couldn't sell to anybody. UK, yeah, so I don't know if they just didn't get a renewal with BT or TNT, whatever it is these days. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there because uh, they just got a hundred mil for it. 
of the CW network. So you'd assume mm. that someone in the UK would pick it up. But we, I don't know. I haven't really looked too much into the NXT UK rating, no. to be honest. I have no idea how it performs over here. Um, no. I wouldn't assume it's exactly lighting the network on fire, you know. <laughs> but, you know, NXT, back to the network. Uh, yeah, NXT on the network. The glory days, you know. <laughs> glory days. Uh, couple, couple super chat. Showtime Spurs, five dollars. Appreciate you as always. I've been doing a peaky blinders <laughs> rewatch, and everyone sounds like Monty. Feel like Tommy Shelby is going to start gushing over over Femi at any moment. <laughs> I quite decide. There's there's quite a lot of bad Birmingham accents in that. They do get better as the yeah, series goes along, and there the is actually, there is like for me being a natural Brummie, it like. The genuine Brummies in that show stand out to me. Like, mm-hmm. I can tell that it's legitimate, you know. Um, but, you know, it's a uh, big fan of Wait, so it's, it's, it's actual Englishmen trying to sound like a Brummie, but failing? Not completely. Like, like I said, they do, they, it's not terrible, you know. Yeah. It's not terrible, but, you know. But if you know, you know. It's obviously with myself. It's it's my most familiar accent, you know. So. Um, um. Yeah, Peaky Blonde is a good show. I watched that recently too. Uh, we'll choose on $5. Appreciate it. As always, uh, the Continental Classic is great, but please take the pin away from M- pen away from MGF next year. Bro, MGF doesn't have the pen. No, I do think, like, as much as MJF storyline, and, like, I don't think I've tried to hide this at all, like, this devil stuff, like, he ain't for me, but I think it's ass. But, like, <laughs> I do think that. The AEW fan base, from what I see on Twitter, remember it's not the entire audience, but like from what I see on Twitter, I do think people kind of like solely blame MJF, you know? And it's like, he makes his suggestions of what he wants to do, you know? He, it's not it's like he, he's, he, doesn't ha- he doesn't have the final say. Yeah. But um, it, it's, it's equally TK's fault for approving all this shit, but it is MJF's monstrosity creations that are getting put on TV. But he's not the boss. And he should just be being told no, and he's not being told no, which is an issue. Yeah, but it's like, it's not, it's even when he's not being told no, it's like, yeah, fuck it. Like, we'll, we'll hear about like a certain pitch or something, yeah. And it won't go that way because it will get taken. So, like, MJF's original idea that's not like particularly the most, you know, um, palatable. To us, uh, that that's one thing, and then that idea then gets tinkered with, and it's not even what the original was meant to be. And then it's like we get shit like last night, you know. Um, so even though the original idea for that probably wasn't amazing in the first place, it's like what we got last night was probably even worse, you know. So it's not like MJF has the pen, you know. <laughs> it's definitely it's. He has a lot more say than your average Joe on the AEW roster, but it's not like he's like, this is what I'm doing, this is how we're doing it, and no one can change it. It's not like that at all. <laughs> so, um, and it's not to defend MJF. Like I said at the very start of what I was just saying, so this devil stuff is whack. Like, <laughs> so, you know, MJF's reign in the past few months has, you know, it has been disappointing the way that it's seemingly being wrapped up, you know, because people didn't enjoy the Jay White feud. That got a lot of criticism. And now, obviously, this devil stuff, we're going to talk about it a lot more on this show, so I'll try not to take up too much time with it now. But, um, you know, it's, it's a shame. This is how his first reign is coming to an end, you know. He's injured as well. Like, he's a shame, I think, so. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know. Uh, but this devil stuff, brother. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mansman 84. 199, I appreciate it as always. A Kingston is promo of the year from Continental Classic content alone. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, he's, he's one of the greats, you know. Uh, Dunman's $5, appreciate it as always. Going from Danielson versus Eddie to whatever that main event was, this devil story ain't it. And dare I say, someone might need to be flagged, flogged over it. <laughs> hey, man. See what happens. Push $5, appreciate it. So TK says he's going back to sports presentation. I assume he's dropping the trash Don Caddish slash Devil Talk storylines. He's doing more tournaments. Um, I'm not sure he particularly said he's definitely going back to it, but he, he was uh, talking up the feedback that he got for it. So hopefully he implements more of it. Um, who knows if he drops the what you've called trash here, you know? Uh, I'm looking know? at the um, quarter breakdown and the first CC match, the triple threat, was the peak in total viewership. And um, the second highest peak overall, during the original show of 8 to 10 p.m. in uh, the demo. And the second highest peak in the demo was Danielson versus Eddie. So it's drawing. Like, this shit, this shit is working. But, I mean, and then the, the third highest peak for the demo was Samoa Joe versus MJF. But that took entire that entire quarter was the overrun, which always yeah, kind of like skews upwards. Like, yeah, walked out at so, like nine fifty eight. <laughs> you know, so you don't. There's no real way to uh, tell if people were tuning in for that or just checking out what was on the station now that it's ten p.m. or whatever. But yeah, so the CC is drawing, bro. Like this, this stick with what works. Like people are happy. It's doing good business. This thing what works. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, Tony talked about the Warner Brothers Discovery relationship, Continental Classic. Uh, he was asked if he has replacements for the VPs that are, and other front office people that have been, uh, you know, departed the company recently. Um, he says he has some big announcements regarding that, hinting that those will come in the new year. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what Tony's got up his sleeve there for his, his, his mm-hmm. office people. And he also said that Kenny's Kenny Omega's diverticulitis, of course, affected a lot of things when he came to the World's End card. So maybe just the title match, the tag title match, you know, because uh, that obviously is an important match, you know. So, but maybe it's other things as well. I don't know. Um, Seems dramatic. How much more could have been affected? Yeah. Hmm. 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 Sounds like, hey, man, don't blame me. This pay-per-view's mm. mid, you know. Kenny's guts are going crazy right now. Pause. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, throws his hands up. Like, hey, man. Uh, hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. You see what happened to Kenny. Anyway. Um, short time spells for dollars. The post-match interviews from the Continental Classic is something I'd like to see expanded. Maybe even for every match on the show, if possible. Uh, I think even I think every match on the show would probably be overkill. Like I don't need to see like backstage promo with, you know, uh, you know, I'm fucking even... two 2.0 <laughs> having a match against, you know, FTR for like four minutes or whatever. I don't think we need a backstage promo for that. 
But like every yeah, every match you would expect one, like a big match. Yeah. Like people mm-hmm. went into it with like excitement or whatever that was promoted to be like a selling point yeah, of watching yeah. AW yeah. this week. Featured matches, total yeah. matches. You know, um, I won't be I won't be against it, especially in the format that they were doing it. You know, like posting them to social media first. Yeah. And I guess like the ones, then you know, you clip them up and put them on, put them on the show, especially the ones that you know go. Bit more, I don't know if it's virals or what word, but the ones that like you know blow up a bit. The more best received ones, ones, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely because like at the end of the day, it's not like it's gonna cost you any money. It's not really. It's like it takes much time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, they're more than capable of doing it. People like it. People like it when New Japan do it. I know it's a lot more like yeah. uh, formal. You know, <laughs> the yeah. in New Japan, but people really enjoy. It. People really enjoy, it. especially like us fans on like this sort of obviously me and Charlie on different sort of the world away, or but you know what I mean, the West, the West, the West. Yeah. Um, a lot, of, a lot of us, you know, we really enjoyed that part of New Japan's presentation. You know, yeah. um, so you know, uh, hopefully, AEW can keep it up. They've tried something new and it's worked, and. Mm-hmm. Keep it going, you know. You don't only have to do it for the Continental Classic. Um, yeah, short time spells. Appreciate you, though, brother. As always, super chats coming. Mm-hmm. We'll get them read out. We'll answer the questions. We'll do whatever it is. Uh, anyway, Dynamite review. Let's get into it. Let's get into this very interesting episode of AW Dynamite. That is very safe to say that it had some ups and downs, didn't it? So, um. Yeah, what, what the new new what did they call it? New Year Smash. New Year Smash, yeah. Yeah, New Year New Year Smash, and we opened up with the Continental Classic Gold League Final. Uh, John Maxley versus Swastikan versus Jay White. Uh, in a it was an also open. I thought it took a little time. Uh, to yeah, one like almost like third. Where yeah, you kind of it, and I kind of felt that you know I can't, mm-hmm. I did feel that because I did feel like it took quite a while to get to the peak I wanted it to but mm. once it got there it's uh it was a closing stretch and stuff I think there was a lot of um especially in the opening like you know when someone just kind of gets out the ring <laughs> you know and it's yeah and you're like all right I, I see I see I see where this is I see where this is going yeah, and it's, it's it was so transparent in this match um in the early stage just for like I said by the, by the end it was really good stuff and John Moxley eventually gets his pin back over Jay White um and yeah, I know a lot of people were kind of disappointed that Swerve didn't go all the way in, in this Continental Classic. But I guess where we was at by the end of the show, it kind of all made sense. Mark and Eddie, you know, like that's just, you know, that's that's a story worth telling, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, good, good opener. Mark Swerve, Jay White. Ayo, what did you think? I like this a lot. Um, it definitely... When they started walking and brawling in the crowd, like I'm not an anti walking brawl, but I felt like they were, you know, they were kind of like artificially extending the match at the beginning there. But when they, when they, everybody got back to the ring and they really started getting into it, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I feel like this is um one of the best TV main events I've seen in in, in probably years. I gotta go check, but uh, and yes, I said TV. I, I tuned that out. And people were crying like, huh. So the so the mania three way didn't happen. A W Mark that didn't happen on TV. You fucking idiot. Learn how to read. Um, but that was that was a great match. I gave that a five. Anyway, um, yeah, man. Like when they, when this when this got into like the second gear, it was it was it was a really enjoyable match. Um, they all 
they all came off really well. Mox came off like a monster. Swerve came off like a star. Didn't um look weak in the loss at all. Cause I I was told Swerve wasn't gonna be winning this the CC from pretty much the beginning, and I was just like, well, y'all fumbling him. But I feel like he he came out of this not the winner in a way that completely protects him. Nobody's looking at Swerve like, oh, you, you went to the CC, you didn't even make it the finals. Nobody's like, oh, you're a fucking, you're a loser for that. They're just like, oh, I didn't didn't happen. You didn't get pinned. He was in a three way great match. Um, I'm on cage match right now. It's actually rated the third best three-way in AEW history after the double or nothing match with uh, Kenny Peck in OC and the Rampage TNT title match, which was insane. Andrade, Darby, and Sammy. I struggle um, with three ways, man. Three ways, four ways, five ways. I struggle with that one, man. <laughs> I'll watch him it's, and be it's, <laughs> it's definitely him. hit or miss format. It really depends on who you got out. Really like. that, man. Um, well, even when they're like, oh. even when it's like a good traditional, I don't know, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, even if it's just like your typical like good triple threat where they're kind of going in and out and it's like I just, I just don't like it at all. You know, <laughs> I just. <laughs> Get, you get ever singles match, you know? Um, yeah, you sound like a fucking. <laughs> you sound like one of those like puro, like purest bros. Like, oh my god! Can't, it's disgrace. It's disgrace. A, a chair. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Charlie, you're not the opener. Hmm? You're not the opener, Charlie. I did, I did. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it was a bit slow to start with, but with these three guys, you could have them doing anything, and I'd probably enjoy it, to be honest, because I just think they're all great talents. Um, but towards the end, it really started picking up, and there was some really creative, like, like the, the pin breakups at some points. They, like, really caught me off guard. Like, I think it was Swerve. He just, like, sat up and shoved him off him, and it's it was just a cool yeah. little moment. But, um, yeah, um, Freeway, it, triple threats are interesting. Like, I enjoy them most of the time if there's a lot of, like, fast-paced action. But with these three guys, that's less of a thing that they do. So it was interesting to see how they managed it. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Good open. Yeah, I guess it was it was a success, you know. Um, got him in the end. In my opinion, the right winner. Uh, I think Bart Locke said earlier, by the end of the show, it was pretty obvious that he was the right winner as well. So, yeah, uh, you know, see what see what Joe Halbert thinks. Joe, what did you uh, what did you make of the match, mate? I did like this morning. Yeah, thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Um, took a while to get going. You know, you and I both we're not like big triple threat fans. Uh, it's fair to say. Uh, took a while to get going. Wasn't big on the crowd brawling, but um, I think they got on track. And once we got into the, kind of the sequence stuff. I thought this was pretty damn good. Moxley appeared to be locked in in a way that I think maybe hasn't been the case throughout the whole tournament. He's had a good tournament, not necessarily a great tournament. And I think it's the right choice. So I know there's some there's some uh, frustration about the winner. But Swerve, I think, is headed to bigger things. And I think Moxley and Eddie always made sense. And even if it didn't, I would say it did, as I predicted that all along anyway. So I think we ended up in the right place. I like the match quite a bit. Maybe not as much as some of our cohorts. Uh, but I did like it an awful lot, nonetheless, and thought it was a worthy final uh, for the for the Gold League. So, back to you, Mon. Appreciate it, Joe. Uh, very good. Oh, thank you so much, Joe. Thank you so much. 
appreciate appreciate always top top analysis from Recipe's own Joe Hall. But anyway, um good stuff. But moving on. Swerve backstage cuts a promo on Keith Lee. He acknowledges Keith Lee because he's been doing all these like weird call outs, calling him him. Swerve was like, Yeah, I am him. See you at World's End if you show up. <laughs> and um Who was it who gave him the contract? Someone gave him a contract. Someone came into the shop. Oh, uh, was it Shivani saying that we already got this ring? Though, yeah, Shivani pulled out a contract. Like, well, <laughs> we already got the contract there. Um, Prince Nana wasn't particularly pleased with it, but Swell don't give a shit. He's gonna, he's just gonna, he's gonna beat Keith Lee and continue his ascent. You would assume at World's yeah. End, you know, Keith Lee getting a pay per view match. God bless, you know. God bless, you know, but. Yeah, man, Swerve versus Keith Lee is finally happening. Um, You're and a half later. I don't really think there was much need, you know, especially now, like, because Keith Lee has became so, regardless of whether you think he's great or terrible, whatever you think of him, right now he's cold, bro. Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Swerve is like one of your hottest acts in the company, so I don't know why you'd want to. I'm sure Swerve will be fine. It's not going to derail his momentum or anything, but I don't even know why you'd even like play with that, you know? Um, mm. But yeah, I guess I guess there's the... It's finally happened, finally happening, like I just mentioned, and it was a story that didn't get wrapped up properly, but still, uh, timing is a bit weird, but... Yeah. I'm glad oh, that Swerve is at least staying on pay-per-views. And like he has a position on the card. It's not necessarily where I'd want him to be right now, but I'm glad that like after the Continental Classic, they're not just being like, "Well, we've got nothing for you for the pay per view, so you're doing nothing." Like, oh yeah, like Ryan found something for him. This is what it is. Yeah, it's a good there's promo. a universe. There's a universe where they're like, "Oh, 2024 is your year. Yeah. You don't need your own world's end. You don't really got much for you." I, I mean, I'm not against the busy work. I guess it's just unfortunate that this match got delayed all the way till now. What I will say is AW fans are still really invested, not so much online, but like in the arenas, like when the yeah. when the when the match wrapper went up, huge pop. Um what was it was it double or nothing when they did the, the battle royale? When they went to face to face double or nothing. Huge pop. And at that point Keith and Swerve haven't like interacted or even ended up interacting in like six or seven months. So like fans are still really invested in this. I expect there to be, like, massive heat during this match. Keith Lee is just not the Keith Lee of 2019, 2018 anymore. Um, And I say that as someone who – I I love Keith Lee to death, bro. Like, he's probably one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I've tried, bro. I've been hanging on to the cliff, (laughs) and you've been pulling my leg, bro. You're like, nah, let's go, nigga. (laughs) But, um, I – I don't know. I, I trust this to be to not derail Swordsman. I was going to say good, but I don't know. I mean, the, the, the Brian Cage match was enjoyable. I'm not going to say they went out there and had a four-star match, but it was like Brian Cage was like wrestling around Keith's limitations physically, and it was fun. So hopefully Swerve just right out of the bat brings the gate, brings the pace. There's no like calling up or tie up or whatever. You guys hate each other. So wrestle like y'all hate each other. I probably would have made this a plunder match to protect Keith a little bit more. But um, they decided not to go that route. Probably because of the Texas death match. People would be like, well, is Swerve going to top what he did in the Hangman match? Of course, fucking not. But, um, yeah. I guess I guess 
I guess that's where we're going with it. Honestly, for I didn't I didn't really love the setup segment for it. I, they did the best with the material they were given. I guess with just fly Keith into dynamite, bro. There's no there's no collision this week. Just have a face to face, like yeah. No, the Bunny just that. pulled out the contract. Yeah, oh, just, well, <laughs> just, just, just pulled out the contract out his ass, bro. Like just have a face to face. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out on Saturday. Of course, um, I doubt Swerve is gonna have a complete stinker out there, you know. Um, so, you know. Uh, but anyway, next up, Mariah May. Uh, she's interviewed by Renee. I think it was. Uh, interviewed by Renee says that she's gonna be making her. She said twenty twenty three didn't have the right energy. Was it? She said didn't have the right. You know the right feeling, you know. She's going to be making her debut AEW match next week, and uh, yeah, man, Rio came down to confront May. Of course, Mariah May hit with the belt last week, and um, you know there was a bunch of running around confrontation. Tony Storm came out. Um, Rio got the upper hand over Tony. She held the belt, and um, yeah. You know, Tony Storm versus Riho this weekend. Uh, St- Tony Storm, to her credit, as much like because when she first started doing the time and stuff, like her in ring work definitely kind of like took a major hit because of all like the shtick she was starting to do. Recently, that has drastically kind of like changed. She's still doing shtick, but she's uh, incorporated it into her matches a lot better. Yeah. Basically, just simply yeah. just better the way she does it now. So, um, Rio is a great in ring, so. Hopefully this, hopefully that's a good one at World's End. You know, I thought this angle was pretty, whatever. You know, <laughs> but inoffensive. You know, yeah, yeah I was say it was I'm just really happy to see Rio back, honestly. Yeah, but um, hope she stays on TV. Chuck, our resident Brit Rats expert, is that a reason why Mariah hasn't been wrestling? Is this is there something going um, on here? Is she like injured? Is I don't she think, I don't not think a visa going on? Okay. Uh, well, she wouldn't even be. She wouldn't be on TV if she didn't have a visa. I can tell you that. Um, but no, I don't think there's anything going on. I just think that they're waiting. They just want it to be a big moment, so they've been like building to it. That's kind of the impression I'm under. All right. She's been ready, from what I know. Mhm. Yeah, it's kind of it's interesting the approach they've taken with it. Um, because it's not like she's had loads of chances to like do proper promos or anything. It's like even last yeah. night she came out came out, kinda of said Tony Storm's great, said that she'll be having a match next week and then interruptions, blah 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 blah, you know what I mean? So it's not like she's getting able to like stretch her legs in the sense of really show what she can do on the mic because she she's mm. a confident talker. I don't I'm not gonna say she's a John Moxley level promo mm-hmm. or anything, you know, but she's a confident talker. She comes off yeah. pretty well. So let her kind of uh, expand on it if this is the approach you're gonna do, and by not having a wrestle immediately. But next week yeah. we'll see who she wrestles. You know, uh, I, I thought uh, Red Velvet out there. I said Red Velvet yesterday when uh, yeah, Red me, me and Ibu were kind of talking about it. There's Red Velvet. There's uh, Emmy, Yuka. Yeah. Um, there's a few more. Like Serena Deeb's cleared now. If uh, yeah. You know, you, you've you've got people. You've got you've got people that you can throw at us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I I don't think you have to be like super super careful with it either because I think Mariah May is. I don't think she's uh amazing in ring or anything. You know, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, she's coming from Stardom. You know, and it's like, oh, she's gonna be. 
trying to show these women in AEW how it's done. I mm. think it's quite that, you know. But she's definitely competent as a worker in ring. So, um, yeah, she she improved quite a lot in Stardom because when she went over, she was a little bit rough, but um, <laughs> but yeah, her Stardom run was pretty good stuff. She got pretty decent in ring. I'm excited to see how it translates to AEW. Mm. Yeah, hopefully she has a good run. You know, hopefully she gets off to a hot start, uh, a hot in ring start. Anyway, um, we had a top flight action Andretti segment. They're uh, not letting the head stay down after losing the trios title match. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to keep on moving. We've got plenty of other trios that they want to be facing in AEW. At this point, they're interrupted by Orange Cassidy, Trent, and Rocky Romero. Orange Cassidy was just basically like. Let's do it then. It's kind of Orange Cassidy's thing. He just appears in other people's promo segments and says, oh, yo, let's, yeah, let's do the dance, you know? <laughs> let's do the dance. Um, Rocky, made a, <laughs> Rocky made a funny comment after the Trent and Orange walked off. And he was like, yeah, he, he did it to me last week, you know? Because yeah. he did. It's literally exactly what he did. But, um, yeah, it looks like that. Obviously, that's set up. I think it's for, yeah, it's for Rampage, if my notes yes. are correct. Top Flight and Action Andretti versus Rocky. Orange and Trent Rampage should be a really good match, to be honest. And, and then yeah. what everyone has been talking about, when everyone walks out of screen, you know, he's got top flight and Action Andretti there. Action Andretti destroys this bottle of water in about two seconds. What the fuck was that about, bro? <laughs> so if, I, if I was a more, like, charismatic, energetic guy, try it now on camera, but I ain't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do a whole bit about how Monty's going to Display for us for the for his other uh, light skinned brethren, but it's look like it's looking like he's not going for it. It's looking like he's not going for it. <laughs> I, I've had I've had people in my school in like growing up like middle school or whatever that was able to do that. Never never asked them to teach me. Wasn't really interested in learning the skill. I don't think it's for me. I'm uh I'm gonna hydrate the good old fashioned way. Um Yeah, that was weird. But I'm I'm really happy to see Top Flight is consistently getting matches and consistently getting yes. TV time. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of them. I'm a big fan of Top Flight in general. Action Andretti, um, I think he's coming along as a worker. He's 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 figuring it out more. Him in a in a trio setting fits him a lot more than uh, the singles matches we were seeing before. Like that Mox match and that Miro match. Those were those were kind of those were brutal watches. But I think he's coming along. Um, but I, I got a lot of stock in, in top flight, uh, Darius and Dante. So I'm I'm hoping they they keep getting these moments. They keep they keep getting put on TV. They keep getting better. I still think they should have won the trios belts, but I do too. But when when you hear the crowd and shit, I was like, yeah. is, is it going to be too much too soon? And I don't want I don't want the live crowd to turn against them and shit. And then they yeah. got to try to act like heels. And then all yeah, it, 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 it could have turned into a mess. Yeah, it could have turned into a mess, bro. It could have turned um, into a mess. Yeah. Don't want to be seeing them boys as heels. No way. Um, but yeah, probably I would. Be, I'd probably be more inclined to agree with Charlie and putting the belts on them if it wasn't the acclaims first match mm. back. Yeah, there wasn't the first match. Do, I know it's the same. People do love the acclaim, right? You know, so, right? Um, you know. So uh, you kind of you get what you get, you know. These mm-hmm. are the guys who play. Marcus said in the chat, but uh, 
Kenny, Charlie, can you confirm this? Well, Kenny, I remember Kenny doing the water bottle thing on BTE. So what, what Kenny does? He just like no, yeah, he, he just, just he just he, he grabs he grabs it with two hands, paused, yeah. and like sips from it really fast <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> like, he, he just drinks like, like a child. He doesn't. Yeah, he just yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't like drink a whole water bottle in point two seconds of no. pressure or whatever. No, I think yeah. I should have drunk. He just did a bit. Like, yeah, just, I think he just did it. He's just like, hey, man, this, this is going to get over on Twitter. And, and it did. It did get over on Twitter. It, it did. That is all people have talked about for the last 24 hours. It's very, very funny. Oh, God bless Action Andrea. You know, you, you got to find your niche in this business, you know? <laughs> God bless. Yuzora uh, Heart, $10. Appreciate it. It was always. Is this the first AEW pay-per-view to have nobody in the elite on the show? Yes. Yes. Yes, uh, because the Bucks have hit every single one. On every single one up until now, yeah. No elite wrestling ain't doing it for me. Say what you will about Dark Order or Checked Out Books, but Max's vision for AEW sucks. I think it's Max's vision. So it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, no, 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 no. Let him cook. Let him cook. <laughs> You're talking uh, that Yeah, I mean the first half, you know, like you know, uh, no elite well, on your show. Or do you think that is like a con? You know, like, that's not a good thing. Um, you know, I'd no elite see. wrestling ain't doing it for me. Like, yeah, I can sympathise with that. But put it all on Max. Call it Max's vision. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he's like he's booking the elite. He's... No hangman is crazy, especially if. They're gonna just trot him out in that twenty man battle royale. If he's in that battle, no hangman is crazy. Retire from being a wrestling fan because that is a demotion <laughs> at this point. Like, like what, what is going on? Yeah, that's what I mean. So you asked, like, we were talking about the world's end card before we went live, and it's like, it's just probably like, hangman's not on the card. Brian's not on the card. The books and obviously Kenny like. Oh, the books, the books ain't even like a real reason. Like, they want, they want to go away to come back as like these new heels or whatever the fuck they're doing. Oh you know my I mean? god, let them cook! It's not like it would have been fine. My point is, is that like they're not injured or yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, they could be technically they could be on this show. Um, Kenny obviously it's is completely different. The um, only one I understand is Danielson because he has to make. That Wrestle Kingdom date, like it, yeah. it would be disastrous if there was like, oh, something came up in this match, guys. He can't wrestle on January fourth. Like that would, that would be horrible. Would be so I, I get, I get him not having the match, you know. But <laughs> you know, tag with Claudio, you know. Yeah, you do some technical wrestling with someone or some shit, you know. He still find a way to get injured. Yeah. 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 You'd do some crazy, you know. Take I know Bushy Road was, was watching fucking Danielson versus Eddie, like just Aww. like clutching their pearls, bro, holding please, their please, chest. Because the way Eddie hits those throws on Danielson, bro, it's like he really right. hates him. Like he's trying to throw him through the ring. But yeah, uh, hopefully the elite are back sooner rather than later. Hopefully Hangman somehow. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I want more than Hangman just getting a fucking random match on the guy. <laughs> you know? Bro, the pay per view reset this Wednesday. 
Hangman pay Hangman Adam Page better be doing something this Wednesday. Start a story. Yeah, man. Uh, D Dubs Dubs one ninety nine. Appreciate you. Sky Blue will be AW TBS ROH and ROH TV champ by twenty twenty five. Someone tweeted, I can't remember who it was, so I can't even shout them out, but someone tweeted, like, if AEW, <laughs> if AEW did a Women's Continental Classic, Sky Blue would be in both blocks. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> both blocks is crazy. Oh, you know, AEW's definitely invested in Sky Blue. Yeah, they bought, I think Tico's got a lot of stock in that layer. A lot of know. stock in Sky Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny199, appreciate it. Action Andretti was inspired by the Aquaman film. Hey, man. I haven't what seen Aquaman 2 yet. I haven't seen it yet. Will Chisholm, $5. Appreciate you as always. Uh, this is crazy, Will. Andrade <laughs> and Miro. <laughs> Andrade and Miro match just look like two guys who want to be in WWE, sadly. Hey, maybe, maybe not. I don't. I, I, I never d- make such assumptions. I, I miss Andrade a lot. Miro can go do whatever he wants to do. Andrade seems to be having fun going to Mexico. So. Oh, he does. I'm sure he does. Charlotte just got cashed out, so he could be a stay at home dad for all he cares. Yeah. <laughs> Beast. <laughs> so I'll do more work for Charlotte Flair, you know? See you on. Right. You know, just take care of the house. Tweeting. (laughs) (laughs) Just tweeting about people being pieces of shit, you know. Um, But yeah, uh, Berkey199, appreciate you as always. How are we feeling about Stoke on commentary? He's great. He's great at pretty much everything he tries to do. It's Stoke, man. He's awesome. Bro, there there are very few people in wrestling that are genuinely funny, that are funny outside of wrestling. And Stokes, one of them. He's he's, he's yeah. great at everything he does. I wish he had a prominent TV role every single week in AEW. I I I threw out there that him and Will Hobbs would be a great match yes. together on TV. I think that's the main event pairing, right there. Mm-hmm. But you know, we got him. We we got him doing whatever this is with Willow and Stat. I'm not burying that. I just think that there's there's bigger and better stuff that he could be doing. Yeah. But good to see him back on TV. Definitely bigger and better things. Well, I remember at the end of 2022, yeah, Stoke, uh, Stoke was one of the nominees and he came up third or some shit on WrestlePurist, non- best non-wrestler. Yeah. I mean, it was like, in 2023, Stoke should have this like, wrapped up, bro. Didn't even make it. Didn't even get fucking nominated. Didn't even do anything. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, God, that ROH uh, authority sheet, it's just like, bro, you, you can do so much more than that, you know? Um I've got absolutely no objections to what AO suggested yesterday. Like, put him with Hobbs and let the magic happen. You know, <laughs> let the magic happen. Give him, give Stoke promo time with fucking Hobbs just fucking standing, looking, there. standing there menacingly. Bring back <laughs> the, the five minute white boy challenge, city to city. Yeah. <laughs> five minute white boy challenge every week. Let's do it. <laughs> I wonder how that would go down. Like, no. People will pro clutch. People will call it racist. People will be like, ah, oh, no. Like, just out of, just out of pure tribalism. I mean, you have to build up 
the white boy who's actually going to take it. Who's the special white boy? He gets up to pay for his pubs, you know? <laughs> no one TK. It would be something disgusting like Wardlow, bro. <laughs> it would be something disgusting like Wardlow. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, shout outs, though. Push $2. Any word on Malachi being a singles yet? I, 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 I can I tell you this, not to sound like backup hangman. Singles Malachi is just really not something TK is interested in booking. He doesn't really he doesn't really yeah. want to see it. Mm-hmm. Um uh, back to AW Dynamite Action Andretti Water Bottle. Um Oh god. Uh Don Callis family segment. Um so basically paintings in the ring all covered up and stuff. You know, you know Don Callis loves his paintings. It's Christmas time, it's the holiday time. You know, uh, the Don Callis family, they all come out. As in Powerhouse Hobbs, Takeshita, Fletcher, and obviously Callis himself. And uh, yeah, Callis saying he's got gifts for his family members. And uh, he reveals them all. And, you know, he's doing it one by one. And you've got, like, the one with Cole Fletcher and the beating up a pair of kangaroos. Uh, the one with Hobbs. And he's like, you've got, like... <laughs> The paintings do pop me because, like, how, like, not not them in the segment, but the actual painting itself. But Mal, mm-hmm. Mal Coleman, shout out yeah. Mal Coleman. Um, She's super talented. <laughs> because she always draws Don Callis absolutely jacked out his mind. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, same size as Hobbs standing next mm-hmm. to him, you know. Um, but yeah, so he's going through he's going through these paintings, he's revealing them, Fletcher, Hobbs, Takeshita, they all love the paintings, you know, of course they do. And then uh and then out of nowhere, seemingly, Sammy Guevara comes out. Sammy Guevara, of course, he's been out, he's been injured. He's Ty Ty's obviously um Ty Mello's, of course, just recently had a baby. Obviously Sammy Guevara's child, so he's had some time off of that as well. So he's been off for a minute, uh, since like October, I think. Yeah, uh, he has been. He's been away for a minute, so he comes out, and he's kind of got like this uh, kind of pissed off, <laughs> kind of pissed off mm-hmm. look on his face. He comes down, and you know, Don Carlos is like, "Didn't you get the present I sent you? You know where you've been, and all this and that." Sammy Guevara's not really having it, and Don Carlos is like, "Listen, I've got a gift for you. I didn't forget. I didn't forget about you, Eva." And he reveals the painting of. The Don Callis family with Sammy Guevara and Sammy Guevara's cradling his baby and they all look really happy to be there and it's one big family picture. But Sammy Guevara does not like the painting, Charlie. He's disgusted by it. He's disgusted. He's disgusted by the use of his newborn baby in the painting and he pushes Don Callis because he's so unhappy with this painting. And basically Hobbs, starting with Hobbs and then Takeshi and the other guys, they basically just kick the shit out of poor Sammy Guevara. You know, this man is a father now and Don Carlos' family does not care, Charlie. And, um, you know, and uh, Sammy Guevara is getting the shit kicked out of him. And who makes the save? Chris Jericho. Who else Chris Jericho? Chris Jericho, the ultimate baby face of AEW. Um, just, I'm sorry, bro. I don't want to see this, but can we acknowledge that pop for Chris Jericho? <laughs> 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 Bro, it was like it was like the glass shattered and Stone Cold was running out there. That pop was crazy. <laughs> Savvy and Jericho, bro, people. I don't know, man. Apparently, uh, the life but... cards are into it. 
<laughs> yeah, Jericho comes out, storming out the big baby face to save the day, and uh, he tries his best to save his uh his young boy, <laughs> his Sammy Guevara. But you know, he, he gets outnumbered and he's getting the shit kicked out of him. And then um, obviously R- Ricky starts and Big Bill come out and they get involved, and you know, Jericho and Guevara are outnumbered fully, and then then Sting and Darby, I didn't come out, out of nowhere, seemingly. <laughs> you know, they're, they're involved in this as well now. I was not expecting that. Everyone pops for Sting and Darby Allen, so that got a pop as well. So everyone got pops making these run-ins. It was just so like, what's happening? <laughs> you know, like. But yeah, you. It seems. Um, like I said, on, to be I fair, not the lights Sting went then. out, and I was just like, bloody hell, House of Black have found dynamite again. So when it was Sting and Darby instead, I, I was like, all right, okay. Well, I was well. terrified it was going to be House of Black, but I was like, how are you going to fit FTR in? Into this feud because that's what they're currently doing right now. But um, from the previous pay per view, I was really happy to see Sting and Darby though. I'm happy to see that Darby Mm -hmm. didn't die from um climbing Mount Everest yet. Uh, Um, always always happy to see Sting. He's almost out of here. Revolution will be here before we know it. It It's unfortunate, bro. But yeah, this is all basically leading to a um. This is basically led to an eight man. It's already been announced, and it's the eight people involved that I've just mentioned. And um, obviously, Ricky starts Big Bill, and um, Ricky starts Big Bill. They ghost swapped out uh, Kyle Fletcher for Takeshita today. Like last night, the match was announced with Fletcher in it. Yeah, they swapped out Fletcher for Takeshita in there. Oh, they swapped them. Okay, because I had seen two graphics. I was just like, I don't know. One was the, the first one that was announced. The one with Fletcher was the one that was originally announced, and then today they were like, "Oh, they're kind of on our ass about what how we're wasting to catch them, which they are, and they put him in this eight man, which ain't much better, but you know, at least we won't get to see him wrestle." Interesting, interesting. But yeah, this uh, this segment, bro, was just kind of it was something. Just kind of, it just wasn't really good, was it? You know, Don Callis comes wow. out. Don Callis does all the talking, which is a repeated criticism at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. Don Callis comes out, he does all the talking, and then he's interrupted by Sammy Guevara. And Sammy Guevara even brings, like, um, attention to the to the criticism everyone's been saying that Don Callis takes all the spotlight and blah, 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 blah. So it's not, AEW knows what's going on, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Unless Sammy's just going, uh, Sammy's shooting, you know. Could you imagine? <laughs> Yeah, man, this this segment, bro, again, was just kind of... Then, obviously, it was just so muddled with everything at the end. Like, I know people got pops and stuff like that, but it's just, like, it comes across as, like, lazy booking to get everyone on the card. And Sammy so, hated that picture, uh, that painting of his baby so much, bro. He hated that painting. <laughs> he wanted that painting out of here. <laughs> It just don't make no sense because it's like Jericho ditched the JAS to join the Don Callis family. But when he actually went to join Don Callis and accept his offer, Don Callis set him up because he thought Jericho was going to say no to him. Yeah. So Jericho was left by himself and was meant to feel sympathetic for him, even though he's just dumped the other guys. Oh, Jericho's a piece of shit, bro. Like, why are we ever? Why is he ever getting sympathy? Then, 
Then Sammy Guevara returns on him to join the Don Callis family instead. Yep. It don't even start injured. there because Sammy's <laughs> history with Jericho starts in the, the inner circle, which, which Sammy's yep. like, yo, you're a piece of shit. I got to get out of here. So he leaves the inner circle and then he's then he becomes a babyface, turns back heel, joins the JAS. It was like, wait a minute, you're a piece of shit again. Lisa, Lisa JAS goes to the Don Callis family, says Don Callis didn't care about him, even though Don Callis had a painting for him and his baby, so obviously he was thinking about him. Seems like a kind of a weird thing to, to get upset about. They didn't call you about your baby, bro. People are dogs. They got stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? And then he, he gets back. He has a present for him and his child to hang up in their in they, in they beautiful home. He turns on him to go back with Jericho. It's, it's a mess in kayfabe. In real life, I feel really bad for Sammy, but he's just never going to get out of this whole Jericho's Robin thing. Yeah. And people can say whatever they want about how they feel about Sammy Guevara. But when he's told to go in there and have a wrestling match with someone, it's really good more times than not. Brian Danielson is a huge fan of him. Sorry to burst your bubble, bro. Danielson loves him. <laughs> Eddie thinks he's great in ring. Mox thinks he's great in ring. Eddie just thinks he's kind of a dickhead, like personality-wise. It's not, you know, Sammy's just stupid. But... I think he's a great professional wrestler. Do I think everything he's going to be world champion in AEW? No. But just just, just let him go out there and have matches, bro. Like, he doesn't need to be Jericho's Robin for his entire life. This this Jericho, I, I hate using the Jericho Vortex phrase, but, like, he's stuck in there. It's nasty. He's going to be there for the rest of his life. He's not a young boy anymore. He's 30. Still being Jericho's Robin. Feel bad for him. Some cool shit. Yeah, he's oh yeah, Charlie is quite unfortunate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The whole this whole story is unfortunate. How are we still here? I feel like I've said this on every fucking pay per view like go home show. How are we still in like Jericho feuding with Don Callis? How did I? I just it's insane to me. And this segment last night was really really bad. Like I get it was a pivot. They had to do something because of. Obviously, Kenny went out, mm-hmm. and that's uh, out of their hands, obviously. And you feel for him in that respect, but this is the best they could come up with. <laughs> you know what I would have you know done? You know what I would have done? I would have had Jericho searching for a tag partner, and everybody mm-hmm. tells him to eat a dick. You've been a dickhead since 2019, since the day AEW started. I don't want to tag with you. And then Big Bill and Ricky Starks, they announced that they've retained at World's End because they don't have a challenger. And then you bring back uh, Darby and Sting, and you have you let them challenge for the tag titles. They're undefeated. They definitely yeah. have a claim to challenge for tag titles. They haven't lost in AEW. They have wins over the Bucks. They have wins over FTR, yeah. a bunch of other tag teams. Have them win the belts. Let them have a nice, fun reign. Drop them to the Bucks at uh, Revolution. Have the Bucks retire Sting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? You don't want you. I mean. Definitely sounds better than uh what we got produced got produced last night. So, um, yeah, man, it's not it's 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 not it's not the best stuff, is it, John? No, I can't say I was a fan of this one, mate. I can't say I was. I think Charlie makes a great point. You know, we're just going in circles with this deal. I mean, in terms of the execution, it wasn't a catastrophe. I didn't think. I mean, there was too much going on, obviously, and it did feel desperate and kind of dizzying, but. You know, like the, the performances weren't bad. And in fairness, the crowd did kind of like the, the Sammy Jericho reunion, the, the latest one that is. But even still, it's hard to care about this direction. Right? I mean, it's uh, 
it feels awful familiar. I think Sammy Guevara's presentation here was pretty brutal, to be honest, considering he just come back. There was a chance for a fresh start. Instead, they did this, and uh, he was given a tough direction that promo, too. Really tough. I mean, it was difficult for him to come across well, I thought, there, honestly. So... It is what it is. Uh, they were dealt a tough hand, so you kind of cut them a little slack. But even still, this feels like the worst, in some ways, the worst way to approach it, right? It's just going back to square one. So this whole thing's been a mess, so it's fitting this followed suit. At least we got Sting. The eight-man tag will probably actually be a lot of fun, but do I really care? Uh, not particularly. But then again, I am recording this podcast segment, so I guess there's like a minimum amount I have to care to be doing this, so. Shout out to Sting, back to you, Mon. Beautiful insight as always from... Uh, Yo, did George just break k and say that he was recording this? I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, Showtime Spurs, $5. <laughs> Jericho could steal Sammy's child and he'd forgive him a month later. I mean, the kayfabe in AEW makes us... Uh, <laughs> that's not that's not crazy to think that, you know? Um, Bro, you know the nastiest part? AEW's going to tell us to get invested in another Jericho and Sammy breakup down the line. No. No, I'm not going to do that, bro. Like, don't ever ask him to do that again. Yeah, literally just shake hands and part ways at this point. When If they ever do break up, finally. Shake hands, part ways. Yeah, like, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Don Callis' family stuff needs a complete, like, rethink. Um... The Jericho stuff is, you know, it's crazy how more and more people are getting like sucked into that vortex. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's it lacks like a clear and like a clear direction with a destination that can be seen as like a good goal for the company to be wanting to achieve. You know, yeah. um, I don't, I don't, bro, I just don't get it, bro. It's <laughs> all like it's all. It, Jericho's feuds are a lot like Pokemon, bro. Like, and it's like they're fighting against Team Rocket every single week. Somebody wins, Team Rocket blasts off. Next week, oh god damn it, it's Team Rocket again. Like, there's no, there's no end. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of match they had. They had the fight like a Dragon Street fight, which you would think would be a feud ender, wasn't. Went right back to being like Golden Jets were still on your ass. So I don't know. Like, there's nothing for fans to look forward to here. There's no, there's no point where we're like, oh, when this finally happens, so and so mm -hmm. will get their just desserts, or the Don Callis family will, will finally beat the Golden Jets or whatever, and then everybody can part ways and do bigger and better things. There's no point. There's no like, it's an issue with a lot of Jericho students in AEW recently. Like, they just keep going and going and going, well, and you have no clue thing. they're gonna stop. It's definitely not a recent thing. <laughs> hey, man. Well, not, not, not too much. Not too much on, <laughs> on, on Big Ocho. But... Listen, uh, man. It's yeah. just... It's brutal. It's so tough. brutal. You heard Joe. You know? <laughs> it's tough, you know? Uh, Hush $2. Appreciate you. Uh, can't wait for this. For the This Is Jericho's Baby Storyline. Fucking Yo, that would be so disgusting. Uh, breaking news, hot off the presses. Okay. All-star eight-man tag announced for World's End. Nope. On the heel Ryan. side, we have Roosh, Jay Lethal, Jay White, and Brody King. 
again, so you're going to pop these names on the babyface side now, Monty. I'm going to save your favorite for last. We have Danny Garcia, Claudio Castagnoli, the American Dragon Brian Danielson, and Mark Briscoe. I'm bad for it, bro. I mean, yeah, obviously it's something that's hobbled together, but I'm here for it. Get these guys on the card. I've just looked at I've just looked at the flyer and it literally says all star eight man tag. Yeah, that's what it said, just all star eight man tag, bro. We do love an all star eight man tag on this channel. We talk about them an awful lot. All star so yeah, it's just the continental classic guys, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, just the CC guys. Which is a good idea to do. This is a very new Japan thing to do, to be honest. It is. It is, it is a, it is very a good idea. Yeah, it is very, very, very new. Japan. I like it because these guys are going to be punished for not getting on the pay per view when they were when they just committed too much of their career to wrestling every week and yeah, get get like I'll become the building blocks of the CC <clears throat> and shit. So get I'll on the pay per view. Uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, Mark Briscoe. <laughs> That's uh be an interesting dynamic there. Just go somewhere. Just yeah. go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I think that this could be something that you could. Obviously, the Daniel Garcia thing that I just mentioned that obviously kind of would write itself if, especially when you're dealing with talents uh, that are involved in this. I'm sure they can figure out something to you know uh, start something for Daniel Garcia coming out of this. Um, you know, Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal are in there. Uh, Jay White. Uh, my, my mate, other than this obviously being a good match, my hope for that eight man tag would be does lead to something, you know, mm-hmm. especially because yeah. that's kind of the thing. And it's like he's just thrown the graphic up, and he's like, okay, why? But the talent's so good, you're not really going to question it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but in reality, okay, you, I didn't... you should probably question it. So I'll let it slide if it leads to something, you know. I didn't even notice, but in the tweet, he acknowledges that these are the CC guys. He's like, fight us in the inaugural Continental Classic Clash at World's End this Saturday. Which I think is a good idea. Not everybody could get a story coming out of... Not not everybody could get a pay-per-view-worthy story coming out of the CC. So yeah, get them course, on the card. So even, even Swerve, you know, we lost in the semi-final yesterday. And it's like, this isn't like a story coming out of these Continental Classic. Yeah, it's, you know? it's just a yeah. story from, yeah. well, from 18 months ago, whenever it was, you know. Literally. So, uh... Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That that should be a really good one. Could be uh, it could be very, very good to be honest. So, Roosh teaming with Jay White is just a fascinating, fascinating dynamic to me. I'm very excited yeah. to see how that goes. The boys. Roosh teaming with any of those guys. The boys, man. You know. Um, right, where was we in the Dynamite review? Uh, do we have any more super chats? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, Kelly's family segment. Joe Hulbert has given his live take via satellite. Uh, <laughs> Roderick Strong backstage segment. He has uh, he's been he's been knee deep in planning and figuring out how MJF is in fact the devil. He's got this big board with all these like strings and scribblings and pictures all over it, like he's in fucking Law and Order or something. It's very reminiscent um, of how I plan out elite law. <laughs> I have seen your uh, your graphs and your diagrams for that, so. Well, it's very similar. But anyway, uh, yeah, Ruddy Strong and the Kingdom, they're super, super convinced that MJF is the devil. They're trying to convince everyone that he's the devil. I don't really think many people are buying it, but Ruddy, he's, uh, he's trying to stand on business. And, uh, you know, I'm getting very tired of this Ruddy stuff. <laughs> very, very tired. Don't know how much more I can take, Charlie. 
I've been over it. I have been over this for a while now, but hopefully the end is in sight and something will come of it on Saturday at World's End, but who fucking knows at this point? We could still be doing this at, by revolution, by the standard of AEW storylines sometimes, but God hopes that we don't, so. My hope is... Let's be honest, he's probably going to go to Revolution. You know, like, I doubt he's going to be like, we're going to do the big reveal on, went on, um, at World's End, and then that's the story. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's going to continue to at least in its better for you, you would assume. But I do hope that they do kind of, like, make it, you know, more real and more, mm-hmm. like, authentic feeling once it is revealed who it is. Because once you've revealed who it is, you can kind of just drop all the devil stuff. You know, yeah. people don't have to be dressed up in masks. You don't have to do these. You don't have to do these booky messages. You don't have to do X, Y, and Z anymore to like make it. Just have a real professional like, wrestling program. Yeah, just a real feud. Yeah. Like I did this to you, Max, because X, Y, and Z, and these are my selfish reasons, or whatever the fuck they are. And you just build a feud from that, and you kind of strip it back to the bare bones again. You know. Um, you know, and Max might take some time off. If that's the case, then obviously the devil and that group will have to play a very big part with all the Samoa Joe stuff, blah, 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 blah. So, um, yeah, I, do, I, I just hope they kind of use World's End as an excuse to kind of just like, all right, let's, let's just leave this in the past, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. We'll see. Yeah, Roddy's, Roddy's building his conspiracy theories. Um. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to see him wrestling and doing what he does best. People, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll be a lot less spiteful about this if you if you one get the world title away from this nonsense, and then two, hard pivot from all this devil stuff. Like you said, like take off the mask, stop like the next strong stuff. Like just be like let Roddy be the wrestling machine. Let let whoever the devil is. I mean, I think we all know who the devil is. Let let him just. Be a real heel. Like, all this all this spooky, hokey nonsense, like all that, just throw it out the window. It's over. Dudes unmasked. Just be heels that do bad stuff. Yes. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um all right. Now we we're uh, we're peaking. We're peaking here now, because AW Dynamite. The next single is the blue league. Final in the Continental Classic is Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson, who already had a really great match earlier on in his Continental Classic. And the meet again here, of course, Brian Danielson got the upper hand and won last time. He held up the sign, calling Eddie a bum. And that kind of, you know, that led into what the story of this match was that Brian Danielson is this, uh, you know, condescending, looks down on Eddie Kingston, doesn't think Eddie's good enough, thinks Eddie's a Bomb, thinks Eddie's useless, he's never beaten him in his life and he never will uh, and Eddie, instead of just kind of letting that you know, uh, letting that trigger him and letting him be kind of his normal erratic flying off the handle Eddie King himself, he's used that energy to kind of fuel him throughout this tournament and obviously mm-hmm. evidently it's got him to the Blue League final and evidently has eventually led to him defeating Brian Danielson. I thought they'd done a really good job of kind of like telling that story. Uh, Eddie embracing it, calling himself the king of the bonds, the king of the underdogs, the king, the king of the fighters, you know? Um, and I thought that, like, 
even not narratively telling that story is really good, but I thought they'd done a good job of telling that story throughout the match of like Brian Danielson starting off with like the leg kicks and hiding behind the ropes and stuff like that and trying to like trigger Eddie and Eddie weren't really biting on it too much. He was keeping his cool and, um, you know, eventually they were just it developed into two dudes fighting for a spot in the final. And um, the crowd was really heated. The crowd was beyond Eddie because, of course, Brian Danielson was excellent because, of course, and this was uh, as great as I hoped and expected it to be. I loved this match because, of course, I did. Like I said, it is exactly as I hoped it would be, you know. Beautiful pro wrestling. Eddie gets the win. He's facing John Moxley in the final. I also expect that to be a very beautiful experience for me. Um a lot to like about this, like I said, Charlie, my personal at least peak of the show. Uh, I think a lot of people's Easily. as well. By far. Yeah. You so enjoyed this, Charlie? I did. I love this. There will never be another like Eddie Kingston and there will never be another like Brian Danielson. And when you put them in the ring together, you just it's just magic, isn't it? Like, I don't know, they fucking killed it out there and the crowd was so good here as well. Like obviously but it's always going to be a hot crowd for this type of match because of who it is. But, like, Brian trying to get the Eddie as a bum chance going and, like, the crowd resisting because of they're so behind Eddie all the time. And Brian's crowd work in this was just incredible. And Eddie getting the win, it was just a great match. Like, it was always going to be a great match, but the atmosphere and everything building in it as well was just... It was just perfectly done. They really killed it. It was so good. And, um... Yeah, just executed the way. It's how wrestling's supposed to be done, isn't it, Al? It is. It is, brother. That shit. That that was beautiful last night. Eddie finally overcoming the American Dragon. Somebody who admitted to, like he never that admitted that he liked Danielson. Like he always used to shit on him, or whatever. But in the um post match speech, post match promo last night, he admitted that he's like, yeah, I always looked up to Brian Danielson. I want people to look at me and think of me how they think of Brian Danielson. That's somebody that I want to be like. And he finally overcame him last night, beat him clean, middle of the ring, to a power bomb. That shit, that, that was a, that was a great moment. Honestly, like when you see Eddie Kingston succeed, it just hits different than when you see anybody else yeah. succeed in professional wrestling, bro. So it just it just makes you feel it makes you feel like you're gonna accomplish real things too, bro. I could do yeah. it too. Yeah, bro. Like somebody somebody yeah. get what they deserve. That was that was that was real hoops last night. Um I I always had Mox and uh Mox and Eddie in the finals. I assumed Mox was gonna go over. I might I might have to let the arena on fire if Mox was over in the finals now. Mm-hmm. Bro, I need I need Edward Kingston the sixth. To be the first ever AEW Triple Crown champion, bro. I can't lie. Yes, I am. I think we don't uh, need any more pain and heartbreak, Fatty Kingston. Yeah, I think he's had enough. I think he's had enough, bro. Especially with the the face to face promo that they did. You know, because Moxie comes out. Moxie comes out after the match, and he, you know, he he checks on Danielson. Danielson rolls out. He's sweet. Um, But yeah, him and him and Eddie come face to face. And uh, just from like Max's energy and tone, it would be kind of weird for him to win, I think. Yeah. Um, but he is the story of Eddie Kingston, bro. Like he never gets the perfect ending, you know. Yeah, and that's why no it's part of the reason why we kind of he's so endearing to us as well. So it's like 
it would be typical Eddie for him to lose this. Um, it would. But at the same time, it would, you know, it would be beautiful, wouldn't it, if he did? You know, it'd be so if he gets the job done. I think bringing back to how you were breaking down the Danielson match, it did show a lot of character development because the way that Eddie loses, it's by his own devices a lot. Like he becomes a hot head, reverts to old Eddie, whatever, kind of screws himself in the end. But this time he's like, nah, I'm not going to let Danielson throw me off my game. I'm going to keep my cool. I think that would be a really cool aspect to play into into the finals as well. Mox, like, Mox knows him. They have a friendship going on almost 20 years now. Like, Mox tries to use those things to trigger Eddie, and Eddie doesn't fall, fall for it. And he wins the other big one, like, the, the big, big one. Because me personally, as long as AEW continues to treat it as such, I'm going to look at the Triple Crown as another world title in the promotion. I don't know if AEW is going to... Like, as long as AEW doesn't completely shit on the belts, like, I'm going to treat it as a world title. So, if, whoever wins this is going to be a big deal to me. So, yeah. I think Eddie should finally be done with this, the setbacks, finally be done with, like, the lovable lo- loser shtick. Like, just just be one of the guys in AEW. Be one of the yeah. fucking guys. Be Daniel. Won his block. Be Danielson. Beat uh, John Moxley. And he's a triple crown champion. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I just, I just think as well. Yeah, like as much as I, I really love Max, and as great as Max is, it's like if you're gonna do the first AW Continental Classic, it's like I just think it would be weird to do that tournament in mind and be like, yeah, we're gonna have Max win the first one. Why? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Max like- doesn't. I know it's a typical, like, it's almost like a cliche criticism for any, like, wrestling promotion or booking, but, like, he doesn't need it. No, he doesn't. He's a main people would be like, well, that would make the tournament, but so would Eddie winning. That would make the tournament even more. Yeah, I think I think a special moment with Eddie Wing would make the tournament, but I, I do see the argument for Mox winning uh, three-time AEW world champion, help establish the belts, Somebody that'll travel to anywhere TK sends them to defend these titles. Well, so were Eddie, but this is just the argument for Mox. Like he'll go to he'll go to New Japan strong. He'll go to New Japan proper. He'll defend these belts over there and shit. And he's already a star in New Japan. It's not like they're sending over somebody that they don't know. He's a star in his own right in Japan. So, but Eddie, every time Eddie's pulled up, like he's been over. Like he was over for the strong mm-hmm. shows. He was over for the G One. So, I, I don't think he could... wherever he goes. I'm not gonna be upset with whoever wins, but I'm I'm flipping my switch. I'm flipping my pick from Mox. I think I think Eddie should win this one. I love Mox so much. I might be a little bit upset if he wins. <laughs> I'm so all in on Eddie winning this. Yeah, and that's kind. Of, I think that'll be the point, though, if they do go in that direction. They'll, they'll make yeah. it as heartbreaking as possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the primary interaction between um, Max kind of talking, yes. like, talking about like last time the um, the face each other, he choked him out and he let him off easy, and he's not going to let him off easy this time. But he's kind of like talking down to him a little bit, and like you know, Kingston stops that in his tracks, and he's like, "Bro, <laughs> you're my senpai. <laughs> he's like, I broke him before you. I'm he's like, your senpai." Stop uh, all this young boy shit, bro. Yeah, he's like, cut all that shit out, bro. I'm your senpai. You're lucky I let you breathe or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah Eddie's awesome, bro. Eddie's awesome. Max is awesome. Brian Danderson's awesome. 
a lot of good wrestlers in this company, you know, and I like it when they wrestle each other and they do good stuff with each other, you know. So, Thanks. um, Joe Holbert, the Eddie Kingston, you are Mr. Eddie Kingston, aren't you, Joe Holbert? I'm sure you love this one, didn't you, mate? God almighty, what a match! What a match! <laughs> um, I co sign everyone's praise of this one. Um, an experience, special one for sure, one that will. Live long in the memory, I think. Probably one of the best TV matches of the year, in fact. Um, well, this whole series is kind of like a study, right? Like kind of an, uh, an exploration of Eddie Kingston, the, the wrestler, the character. And this was the payoff to that story. Um, in the first two matches, he flipped Dragon off, ultimately conceded and went out on his shield defiantly, but still a loser nonetheless. And in this match, they almost told a story where Brian got caught playing that game, he got caught trying to break Eddie rather than beat him. He was trying to break him mentally. Um, I saw Joseph Montesio pointed out earlier that, you know, the moment in the ad break where the people come up with those Eddie chants, I tweeted the clip. Um, it's kind of like the point where Brian knows it's going to be different this time around. And I love that as a, as a kind of piece of the match. I think that's awesome. So they told an incredible story, as these two generally do. The physicality is always there. Eddie seems to whack Brian harder than anyone. Brian relishes the chance to play bully. I mean, they're just a magic wrestling pairing. I've loved all of their stuff, and this was no different. Um, really did feel triumphant as Eddie got over the line there. So wonderful, wonderful stuff. Um, pretty powerful, honestly. And then you have that post-match, which is really you know, kind of everything that I think a lot of us want AEW to be, right? And it was a reminder of right. that great segment these two had in 2020. Eddie and Mox, that is. Fiery, passionate, intense, personal. It really doesn't get any better than this. So, um, wonderful match. Probably the best of the tournament for me, I think. Let me just ponder that for a second because I'm probably forgetting something obvious that's about to be brought up as soon as I hit stop on this video. Um, or as soon as it stops playing for you anyway. This is actually ours before you're watching it, but Nonetheless, um, my God, what a match. What a you match. Gotta keep keeping, Mad King Eddie Kingston. I think he's pretty good person. I don't know what anyone else thinks. I mean, Dragon's okay, but the Mad <laughs> King, God bless him. Back to you, Monty. Oh, Joe, yeah. So it's such a way with words, you know. Um, yeah, even even though Joe can't be with us as a, on screen right now in the traditional sense, he's, he's still producing some... Uh, some good graps analysis, you know. He, he... Well, that was so good. I thought he was actually talking to me. I forgot that, yeah. you know. He was in here via satellite for a second. <laughs> thought he was in the room, brother. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, it's tremendous. It, best match of the tournament. Um... I'd have to see all the matches laid out because I feel like every time Brian Danielson wrestles, I'm like, oh my god, I matched the tournament. Yeah. So I gotta actually like see all these matches down and Yeah, it probably is it's the definitely match up there match. though. It's definitely probably up there. Probably is I can uh you know I can uh yeah Eddie Dan Eddie Garcia was good uh Brian Brody was tremendous yeah it probably is match of the tournament you know it probably is anyways anyways Ignore me going through my spreadsheet. Um, Eddie versus Brian, tremendous stuff. All right, sit down interview with Christian Cage and Adam Edge Copeland. Um, 
yeah, Christian Cage was waiting around. We got we saw clips lot throughout the show of Christian Cage like, waiting around for Adam Copeland. Like, yo, why is he keeping me waiting? I'm the champ. I'm this. I'm that. And he's just doing Christian Cage stick, you know, that we all know and love. And uh, eventually, this is obviously as you can tell, quite far into the show. The finally, you know, Adam Copeland is finally in the building. We're told before the ad break goes to ad break, come back, and uh, you know, as soon as Adam H enters the room, kicking off, brother. He's kicking off. He's uh to start brawling immediately. Uh, Adam Copeland kind of beating his ass for a bit and uh, throws him outside of the interview room and they're just kind of brawling around and uh, all wrestlers and security are coming to split them out. Brian Keith and the Van Erichs come out to split them up. That part for you, bro. Yeah. It's all the young boys. I've decided, I've decided that all my past wrestling knowledge of what I think the Von Erichs are is out the window and I'm going to judge them all on their AW and ROH merit. And it's been, it's been pretty decent, bro. Like, there's nothing to complain about so far. So I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for the Von Erics. I'm happy to see that they're touring with AEW right now. Happy to see Brian Keith's touring with AEW, too. Yeah, shout out Brian Keith. Yeah, man. Seems like they're on the road, which is promising signs if you are a fan of them. And a lot of, I know a lot of us are fans of uh, Brian Keith. Then, obviously, a lot of us are very much fans of the Von Erich family name, you know, and, uh, I think I think a lot of people in wrestling just want to see Ross and Marshall uh, do well, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay, I said he's you know so far so good for them. Um, see how it goes. Hopefully, hopefully they do, you know, stay on the road with AEW. Same with Brian Keith, especially Brian Keith. To be honest, um, I think there is something there with him. Definitely does bring something to the table at least. Anyway. Um, yeah, Ayo, what did you think of this brawl, man? What did you think of this brawl, Christian Cage and uh, Adam Edge? Look, it wasn't the greatest pull-apart segment of all time, but it pops me huge. I liked it. I, I like this program when um, Mama Wayne's not the centerpiece of it. Um, I'm excited for the match. They, they definitely got me more excited for the match. I just remember that it was no DQ, which would definitely be interesting, considering Edge is outnumbered here like 5-1. to one when it comes to people that want to come out and attack him on Christian's behalf. But it should be good. Um, I think Edge is going over here. I think Edge is going over mm-hmm. here. Is that the right call? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right call. Does he need to be TNT champion? I don't think so. But Christian's been killing it. He's been carrying around the belt since, what, June, May? And then he, he won it. Uh, he won it officially, like, August, September. So, yeah, I don't know. He's had, he's had his run. We'll see what Edge does with it. It'll, it'll be an excuse for Edge to have all those matches that he said he wanted to have with, with all those guys on the roster. TNT opening uh, challenger, whatever. But we'll see. I'm, I'm excited for the match. I'm excited for the match. Segment did his job. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he was just saying it is an excuse for kind of – if he does win the belt, of course, it is an yeah. excuse for Copeland to have the dream matches and – kind of tick off his list in AEW. And that is one of the things that we did here was like one of the things like why they were considering doing this title match, title change in the first place. So if it does come to fruition, I guess it does work in that sense, you know. Um, Dream match Copeland, you know. Um, But yeah, Charlie, Charlie, what did you think of the angle? Brawl, whatever we're calling it, segment. Oh, it was alright, yeah. It was just a decent little angle. It did pop me seeing like all the young guys back there just involved in this little brawl, like trying to do the pull apart. 
it taken like seven of them to try and hold back uh, Copeland and Christian just disappeared around the corner. Pop huge, but um, yeah, it was decent. I've enjoyed this program like throughout its little runtime in AEW. Um, I don't know whether I'd put the belt on uh, Edge at the moment, but like like I just said, if it's a chance for him to do his little um, dream match tour, then go for it, I guess. He's going to have some decent matches with it, the, and hopefully he'll drop it to someone and make a star out of him. So you can hope for mm-hmm. it. Yeah, there's a... Uh, this is one of those matches where I'm actually... I wouldn't be... I could see, I can definitely see a lot of positive for either result. You know, yeah. Obviously, we just kind of expanded a bit more on like the Adam Copeland side of things because that would obviously would be the total change. But um, if Christian wants to retain again versus Ed, but this reign has been great. You know, he's brought life back to the title again. Um, and obviously Christian Cage is, you could absolutely argue the form of his career, you know, so, um, mm-hmm. and Christian Cage has had a very good career, you know, though <laughs> you don't say that lightly, so he's, uh, he's been great. So honestly, I can see the positives either way he goes at world's end. Um, this is different. Okay. So Sky Blue versus Chris Statlander, um, I mean, they're kind of just having a match, really. It wasn't really anything particularly special or offensive, in my opinion. But in the end, Julia Hart gets involved, hits Chris Statlander with a belt shot, and Sky Blue pins Chris Statlander with the help of Julia Hart. And to be honest, definitely a very really interesting decision. Terrible, 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 terrible decision, in my opinion. Yeah, I think right. I think Chris Statlander. Look, look. Julia Hart is really hot right now. She's she's spiking ratings like crazy. She's young. She's athletic. Company's behind her. Fans are behind her. Would I have had her pin Chris Statlander? No. But I understand why it happened. That doesn't mean everybody just goes running around pinning Chris Statlander. She, needs to, she should be one of the most protected people in the company. Absolutely. She should be one of the most protected people in the world. Bro, I don't think that this needs to be something that needs to be told to AEW. I don't like. I don't need her getting seeing her getting pinned on random dynamites in in December, bro. Yeah. Stop doing that. Don't want to watch that. Well, when did Chris Statlander the last lose a singles match, bro? Oh, uh, let me see. Uh, and and uh, this is who we're giving it to, you know? Like, mm. it's an interesting choice. Yeah, it's not, it's not even it's not an interesting choice, Charlie. It's just bad. <laughs> We're about to go into the MGF Samoa Joe segment, so if you want to keep yeah, the time, it would be like one thing if like Sky Blue was her own woman right now, but she's not. She's the, she's a TBS Champions Weed carrier. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't so that makes it even worse. Right like, now. you're still under, you're still under Julia Hart. Like, I... And it's not like I they're going to put to Sky versus Julia right now. They've literally just put them together. Like it'd be yeah, they just put them together. So if they break them up in two weeks, or even by the next pay per view cycle, it's just like, why? Why do we do all this? I mean, it's why very AEW to do, but I don't, I don't get it, bro. It's... Like, and not the Abaddon thing. It's like I don't want to get spiteful about Abaddon, bro. But no, it's not even like, bro. It's inherently fucking 
wacky as fuck because you know she's the fucking living dead girl or whatever the fuck it, yeah. you know she's a zombie that they're a zombie excuse me more bad they're a zombie so it's like you know it's already wacky as fuck anyway you know but i just think like even from like <laughs> like the storyline was like abaddon had a few matches on tv and julia hart would just appear in the ring like interested in yeah. her and then puts the belt down in front of her after this happened. We actually were wrestling. Then then when Abaddon wants the belt, Julia Hart then scurries off and like, well, I don't what is happening here? You know? I don't like, get it. <laughs> even I if you ignore was- like forget she forget they're a zombie. Sorry again. Um Forget they're a zombie and like the really wacky out there. Like you say, it's just a normal wrestler, you know. Like it still don't make no fucking sense. Like it, it don't make no sense, Charlie. Like, just uh, wel- welcome to the women's division because this is how it's been booked fair. since the beginning. Like <laughs> this is fair. nothing new, which is why I don't get upset about it anymore. Which is unfortunate because I used to get super frustrated. But you just kind of got to roll with the punches. At least they're using more women on TV. That's one positive. Yeah, Willow made a say. Is it going to be one? Know. Maybe not. But... Also, Chris Statlander should be going for the Women's World title right now. Yeah. Sorry, but she should not still yeah. be. She should be. Not yeah. be. Yeah, like, not swimming around. Julia, <laughs> Take and everything she's doing and like the work she's put in. But like Chris should have dropped that belt and immediately moved on. Like Yeah, like she should have like elevated by losing, not... Not losing yeah. the title to someone who's admittedly hot, no matter how we feel about it. And then now she's getting pinned by her weed carrier. That's insane. Crazy. It's That's bad. insane, bro. I'm sorry, bro. Abaddon, they worked very hard. Has worked very hard getting themselves into great into better shape. Has worked apparently is in open ring all the time trying to get better. Was taking advice how to tweak their character so it could be a more Weekly television oriented character, but I think they're the drizzling shits, bro. Like, just because you work hard doesn't mean I gotta watch you. There are plenty of kids, plenty of kids that bust their ass every day trying to make it to the NBA or NFL. But if they're not good enough, they're not good enough, and that doesn't mean that I have to pretend like they're good enough. Like, I no, bro, no, you shouldn't have a pay per view singles match. This is bad, especially now against somebody who's as green as Scott, uh, not Scott Blue, um, Julia Hart. Is she getting better? Yes. Can she be the lead in a singles match on pay-per-view with Abaddon? No. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. The, the, the stat thing just, the stat thing really triggered me. I can't lie. It's just, as you've already mentioned, like, it should have been like, Okay, she drops the belt, and now she's moving on to bigger things. And to be honest, it's kind of what her reign deserved because her reign wasn't given a lot of like featured focus or spotlight or anything. No. But despite that, when she was given opportunities to have good matches on TV, she delivered without fail uh, yeah. to the point where it became... She was like, yeah, the division sucks, but at least that is X, Y, and Z, you know? Yeah. And um, she became one of the bright lights of the division when there was really not a lot great to talk about you know um she was doing a thing and uh yeah okay i said she shouldn't be like dropping like you drop the belt and it should be like, all right move on to bigger things now you know yeah. not stay in the same 
you know, Julia Hart verse and then get pinned by her assumed friend that isn't her friend that is yeah, like, what, friend, bro? Like, what, what are we doing bro then from a sky blue point of view it's like as i always said it's not like it's elevated her really because it's like she's still julia hart's weed carrier as he says <laughs> you know so yeah. i just <sighs> and then and then the homie cashmere woods in the, in the comments said where's willow bro willow is from long island not on the pay-per-view Chris Statlander is from Long Island, not on the pay-per-view. Maybe TK will announce something that he hobbled, cobbled together, like but but they should bro, it's Long Island. These are two very overacts, two very good workers in the women's division. Why are they not in feature feuds? I, I don't get it, bro. I do kind dramatic you know but like, i do kind of i do think that the effort and attention to detail in the AEW women's division is quite like an embarrassment to women's wrestling to be honest um a lot of people kind of like reviewers critics and just kind of fans in general said like it's pretty clear that like this isn't kind of like when tony was thinking i'm a billionaire that wants to start this promotion with the elite cody Rhodes and co i don't think he was like sitting he's not thinking of who he's gonna build his women's division yeah, about. Yeah, dreaming about like this is what i'm gonna do for women's wrestling in america i feel it almost felt like definitely feels like it was more of like an obligation that he felt like he had to do and yeah. um you know it's we've seen it over like the years now where it's like it'll get criticized and then he'll throw us a bone you know which the cliche now is like we'll put the belt on Sheeda, you know yeah we'll put the belt on Sheeda. that'll get the marks to shut up throw the belt on Sheeda, and um and then it will spiral into something then obviously you kind of got a light at the end of the tunnel i guess if you would just want to see them featured in you're not really particular with how you want it done um, yeah. with the Tony Storm stuff because Tony Storm timeless Tony Storm thing is apparently something that Tony Khan is really into and he really wants to do a lot of stuff with it and obviously the Mariah May element of it obviously potentially a future star so like you know I guess there is that positive there but it's like the rest of the division and all the, the storytelling and the focus it gets it's just like why even bother bro like look and I love I'm women's wrestling. Really I want to see more right of it. I don't want to see it fall yeah. off one of the big company shows. But like, why even bother if this is the garbage you're gonna do, bro? Like, I'll be honest. I don't. I don't. I don't hate what's going on with the world title. I know. I know it's not for Monty at all. Thomas um, Tony Storm pops me huge. Unfortunately, I'm glad that she's not working like a dickhead anymore and is like actually wrestling <laughs> while still incorporating the gimmick because that that aspect of it was unwatchable. And the silent movies. The silent movies and Tony working like a dickhead. It was really bad. But I liked everything else with that. And they're kind of going away. They went away from both of those. So I'm I'm locked in on Thomas Tony Storm. But everything that he said with the with the TBS and like the attention to detail in general and all of that, he's right, bro. He's right. And niggas and people love and when you criticize the women's division, people always think, oh, but what about WWE? They just had a SmackDown with no women's matches or whatever. Whatever they say about WWE, bro. I don't watch WWE, bro. 
So I'm, I don't care what they got going on over there. If you see me fed bad tweet, it's to pop myself and to pop my followers. I don't actually care, bro. Like I don't. I like AEW. I want everything AEW does to be great. You feel me? So I actually care about that. That's why. I, that's why I criticize it fairly. Yeah. <sighs> Just ass. Uh, and and I, I know we're not supposed to like talk about comments that like aren't super chats and stuff, but this is something that annoys me no matter what like promote like the the NXT people be like oh 30, 30 women on NXT last night. You're like, yeah, bro, but all the matches fucking sucked and they didn't do anything interesting. So I'm not gonna be like uh, a dozen women featured in AEW, that's good because a lot of people are on screen. It's not good because a lot of people are on screen. Just like men's wrestling isn't good because they put a lot of people on screen. You're just yeah, putting it's people the same, on the same as the stopwatch fans, any when people are like, well, yeah. this amount of wrestling and this many minutes and seconds, so this is the better show. Like, that isn't that isn't how it works. And in the same yeah, way, I was saying the amount of women being featured on the show isn't an indicator of how good they're featured and how good stuff is that the featuring is, you know. Um it doesn't mean that the storylines are any more focused. It doesn't really mean anything other that than they're on the show, you know, and the criticism isn't that they're not on the show. Um, so, yeah, in answer to that, you know. Um, yeah, he's garbage, man. He's garbage, you know. Um, I, I love me some women's wrestling. I love, I love US women's wrestling when it hits as yeah. well. It's not like I'm one of, I love women's wrestling when all you see me tweet about is fucking stardom or anything like that. Like, also, obviously, I love all that as well because it's really high-level, great stuff, you know. But, um, you know, when you when US women's wrestling is hitting, I, I love that yeah. as well, you know. You're brave about Jamie versus well, eight, what happened. Yeah. Like, AW has, has writers now. Just find someone who will be genuinely passionate about the women's division. Tell them how much time they have every week, how many segments. Make it a fair amount of time. I'm not saying they need a whole hour or whatever. Even if, it's, even if they just only have, like, 20 minutes a week, 15 and, like, five somewhere else or whatever. Just, just let somebody run that and let them run it well, and people will get off your dick, TK. Like, it's, it's not that hard. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I got the impression that like it felt like there was someone who books the women. Like, say for example, like because I was using him as an example because we're you know we're friendly with him and we know him. Uh, but say if Tony just went, Will Will Washington, obviously I'm talking about Will. You book the women's division now. That is your focus. Like that is what you do for me in AEW as part of the creative. You book the women's division. Give me some good stuff. I'll see you next week. You know, yeah. <laughs> and Will's fucking up till four a.m. in the morning writing <laughs> fucking storylines and getting inspired and assessing what he's got to work with. You know, and it, and that would eventually, you would hope, come through on screen. You know, like yeah. the, the effort and the focus and the you know the you know the depth to the storylines because what's going on at the minute is just not. It's not for me, mate, but what do I know? Um, super chats. That's what I want to custodian Lexus King 499. Appreciate you as always. <laughs> I'd rather be here at NXT than have anything to do with the devil program or the Don Callis family program. Well, I was scrolling through the timeline. I see big Lexus King already bagged himself a PC baddie, mm-hmm. bro. He moved Wait, quick. What? What? It's, yeah, bro. I don't know, it's I don't know what you mean. Like, like in the PC. But yeah, bro, it's uh 
it's, it's crazy, bro. Lexus Kings bagged himself a PC baddie. They should it. honestly just write these part, um, part of the contracts, bro. He did it, bro. He got the he got the fake contracts. He got he got his PC baddie. He, yeah. He's living the dream. She didn't do that. She didn't do a background check on him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> know what he's really about. Oh, cry. Yeah. She yeah. told. She told. I mean, he told her that Lexus King was his shoot name, so she didn't even think to look up Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lysis Strata, new super chat, four dollars. I'm sorry, but I need a hard cap on how many chops Eddie can throw per match. I mean, it is excessive, but it does pop me. You know, um, it does pop me. Charles on Spurs. Reservoir is hating on spooky women like it's a Salem witch trials time face. I mean, maybe. I don't hate spooky. Bro, I, I, I hate all spooky things in wrestling, bro. I, I do like the fiend. I liked the fiend at first until they buried it. Um, I never really liked Malachi Black spooky nonsense after the Cody feud. After that, I was just like over it. Yeah, spooky stuff in wrestling is not for me. I, I wasn't an Undertaker kid growing up. I respected him as a wrestler, but I was never like, oh my god, this is awesome. Look at the lightning. Like that was never me, bro. Undertaker was a bit. Of me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm my nigga. <laughs> I'm telling you, brother. Go but, on, uh, nigga. But yeah, uh, there, there's a slight typo here that Short Town Spurs does correct later on. He says, This is meant to say, I don't have a problem with stat losing, to be honest. Are they going to put Stokely with stat? Interesting. Could be gold. Um, I don't so, think Stokely's going to put with any either. Then I think he's just being used yeah. as like a tool of like discord between Willow and stat. And then he's just going to. Go do his Stokely things. I don't know. We're going to see. Him and Stat just have beef, and it's just very, very funny. They're just yeah. funny. But yeah, the Stat, that angle, it just wasn't a... The angle, match, the general booking of this Julia Hart verse since she won the title. That's what's annoying to me, because like she was winning matches and building momentum, and people were really getting behind her. Mm-hmm. And we didn't need to do all this like wrestle crap. Then she wins the bout and like stops wrestling. Personally, I would have kept the bout on stack because I thought she was doing so well with it. But I understand the decision because Julia Hart did no, she undeniably did get hot and it's not like yeah. went, it's not like it was going against the toy to put the bout on Julia Hart, you know. But um nonetheless, she wins the bout. She's you know, she's peaking or whatever you want to call it. You know, she's flying. She's on an upward trajectory. And then, then they do all like, the wrestle crap stuff. And it's like, yeah. why? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. They have this you... just really unfortunate habit of stopping them having matches after they win the belts and stuff. It's like, bro, we got behind her because she was wrestling. Like, Yeah, did... people, like, Julia got over it with more people on Twitter because she was showing her improvement. She showed. Her, her her top rope moonsault that was awesome. She was showing her character work in the ring and stuff. Like people always like patted her on the back for being able to switch over to the spooky girl that walked around with House of Black or whatever. But they weren't like, oh yeah, future the the division or whatever. But they really got behind her because of her wrestling. So then she got hot. She was popping court huge quarters on collision, wins the title, and then it's just I don't know. Falling around Abaddon and uh, Sky Blue. Yes, yeah, but 
you know, it's it's not what got Julia Hart to the dance in that sense, you know. So I don't know why you would change the approach to Julia Hart's push when you win the belt so much, you know. Um, I don't know, Joe. What did you think of the the Chris Statlander uh, Sky Blue? And I was on fire tonight, but uh, tough placement <laughs> on this. But I did think it, it over delivered, honestly. Um, not to overstate it as some classic or anything, but I do think this was another example of Sky Blue's steady improvement. Um, I get the frustration with the TV usage. I understand it. I sympathize, but i got to be honest, the big part of me is like, at least they're committing to a talent and saying this is someone that we want to get over and want to make a, a, a TV player of. Whether it's the right choice or not um, is a different debate for another day in which I'm not doing a pre-recorded video. But I do think for her part of it, she is improving steadily, and I think she's having some pretty decent matches. This time here, obviously, she was kind of positioned to succeed because Chris Statlander is really the most consistent worker in that division, perhaps, at this point. I mean, she's one of the most consistent workers in the whole promotion, if we're being real, in terms of actually bringing the effort and physicality every time out. She's just terrific. So I would have had a pretty nice match. The finish was terrifying. Speaking of the finish, I would really prefer Chris Statlander to not lose to Sky Blue. But, but I can see Monty Rolney's eyes, but <laughs> totally halfway business on the horizon. So you take what you can get in these situations. Um, all in all, pretty positive on this, even if they had an awful tough <laughs> placement here having to follow Dragon and, and King. So I would have done a pretty good job, all things considered. So back to you, Monty. Appreciate it, John. <laughs> Professional as always. Ever the positive one. Yeah. The match itself was fine, like I said. I don't think the match was bad. Or yeah, I, I don't think the match was symbolic or anything like that. It was no. fine. Um, Scott, um, Scott Blue is improving, even though I don't think she's where she needs to be for the amount of TV exposure she gets. But I, I think Statland is sensational. Like I think she's yeah. one of the best women wrestlers alive. So it would be tough to have, go out there and really have a stinker with her. So it's the, the yeah, match quality match. there is not the issue for me. Yeah, yes. yeah. So it's, the the match quality itself was was fine, you know. Um, Joe, obviously, I'd still say Joe was the holy man on it, but like, um, yeah, the, the match quality was fine. It's just more so my rant anyway was more rooted in kind of the overall general booking yeah. of the division. It's like the Thunder Rosa thing, bro. It's like. I know it's a tired it's thing, and everyone, yeah, so everyone who's listening has probably heard myself or another podcaster say this, probably. Like, that was, that's like your ex women's world champion who never lost the belt in the ring, who was in tears when she gave it up, had a good connection with the audience. While she's been injured, she's been still dedicating her time to the company by doing the Spanish commentary, whilst being there live and stuff like that, traveling with you and doing all X, Y, and Z. Uh, she's had a name dragged through the fucking mud by other talent in the company and shit. And she stayed resilient through it and just kind of kept her head down, blah, 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 blah. And you bring her back in, you don't give her any like promo time. So she can kind of give a reasoning on why she isn't going for the title or anything like that. You don't really give her like a super focused singles feud that people would want to see. You just kind of throw her into this Julia Hart, Abaddon verse. She's like, randomly on, making us What are we doing here? Say for Abaddon, like why? Um, I bro, just think especially, when, especially when Punk was allowed to do the real world championship. And I'm not saying rehash the storyline by any means. 
but you just see the lack of like you just see like the inequality here. Punk was allowed to do the real world championship thing because he had to give up his belt with injury, and AEW was basically sanctioning these these world title matches with a fake championship belt. Like Tony Khan was tweeting about them. There was match graphics for them. They were they were calling them real world championship matches on commentary and stuff. And then uh, Thunder Rosa returns in very similar circumstances. And again, I'm not saying rehash the storyline, but she's getting thrown into a, a mid card uh, tag match or whatever. Like it's just like she's not on the pay per view. Why bring her back like this? Like she's mm-hmm. she's been saying she's ready for like almost a hundred days at this point. Like I think at least since what Monty like July August. And she's just like I'm waiting for a phone call. Yeah, like she, since August she was like I'm just waiting for a phone call. This is what you called her for? Crazy, bro. And um, she should have just come out with Punk's belt. Just don't ignore it. Real quick. Uh, these are hard regular super chat. Uh, Thunder Rosa is not a talker, Monty. Fair enough. She's not a. She's not. You know. She's not the Britt Baker talker of the division or anything like that. But my point is, is that like. She was a big part of the division, your ex-women's champion. Like, she should be able to kind of, like, explain her thought process or at least where she's at coming back. Like, it was a big part of the division coming back. Like, at least let her kind of announce herself back into the division. Is she going to let her talk about giving up the title and how she didn't lose the title in the ring? And if she's going to go for that again one day or immediately... You know, do kind of a what's it called? A mission statement. Do you know what I mean? It's um Yeah, man. I just I just think just because she's not fucking MJF on the mic doesn't mean that she shouldn't be allowed to at least try and get her like narrative and story or pathway she's gonna be going on coming forward, especially when she was such a big part of the division, bro. She was literally the world champion. And uh as far as as it goes on the mic, I actually do think she's a competent talk. I don't think she's like a brutal promo or anything or anything like that. I don't think her promos come across awkward or anything like that. Um but yeah, I think I think she should be given the chance to kind of not tell a story per se, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, at least mm-hmm. give us something, you know. Uh, she's I been gone for a long time, like eighteen months, like a long time, bro. Big part yeah. division, women's champion. He never lost the belt. It's like it was like what summer in twenty twenty two. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, deal, not, I, I'm not the biggest on on Rosa with the mic, but still. World champion, she should have the opportunity. Like, if you really think she's a drizzling shit on the mic, I don't think she is. I don't think she's particularly good. Then let her sit down with Renee. Renee, Renee yeah. always gets the best out of people with this. Like, let her, let her, uh, live re debut in a big spot, chase off a, a, a heel of actual importance or whatever. Just give her a good program live debut. And then the next week, Thunder Rosa sits down with Renee Paquette and she explains what her motivations are. She explains what she's back here to do. Explains what she's got going on, how much she's missed the fans or whatever. Good bit of business, bro. It's not hard. Uh, one second. I'm just typing a message. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, um, yeah. Anyway, next segment. I need to be done. Uh, Soraya and Ruby, we ain't quite got there yet, Charlie. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, I, I can't even remember. Uh, Soraya's got Ruby a gift or something, and it was Harley Cameron was who, who had a knife. 
Oh, it's the big man. I don't know what's going on here. Oh, here he is. Join me in town. Again. I've been here the whole time. I don't know what you're talking about. I've been here. I've been. We're just trying to keep. We're just trying to keep up K-Fab, but you broke K-Fab like twice. Yeah, you broke K-Fab like three <laughs> times on the recording, bro. Yeah. That's a serious allegation for another day. Um, you know, sometimes I'll do bits. I was messing around about pre-recording, as we all know. Oh, okay, okay, um, okay. I understand. Yeah. I mean, you could tell I was live by the way I would reference things that you you guys have been saying on the show. You could tell, you know, spoke yeah. for right, itself, they, they really. every single time too. Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was very well done. It really caught me off guard when you uh, nailed the fact that I had said the Jericho food was repetitive. He was just like, "Yeah, Charlie said it. It's been going in circles." I was like, "Whoa, I had you okay." Well, the thing with that is, is I've kind of realised slowly that this show is just all of us <laughs> repeating our tweets. Yes. So I could I could kind of pretty easily <laughs> I yes. could piece some stuff together, but uh, but it's been a hell of a time. We've had a great show thus far, and I'm here for the big segment. I know there's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk that I'd skip this, which I find to be kind of disrespectful, to be honest. So here I am, here I am, folks. Happy for you to be uh, you know in in the room with us. Yeah, in the room. Yeah, in well. the studio, in the studio we have here at yeah. Superior's headquarters. Would you like to address our good friend Jenny's question, John? Why did you take um, your hat off? Actually, a very simple answer. Uh, I didn't wear headphones in those satellite messages. So I didn't need to. So now that I have the headphones off, we're a little bit uncomfortable. I never wear headphones over a hat, as everyone knows. I've never done that before. So um, simple question, simple answer, Jenny. Appreciate the uh, the interest nonetheless. All right, let's, um, let's get to the meat and potatoes, if you say W Dynamite, that everyone's been talking about. For better or for worse. Depends on what your tastes are. Oh, my God. The Ring of Honor tag team title match. MJF and Samoa Joe are booked to defend against the Devil's Masked Men. Uh, the Devil's Masked Men make their entrance to the ring. No music or anything. They come through the crowd all booky and spooky and whatever the fuck. MJF makes his entrance. He stands at the bottom of the ramp. He's waiting for Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's music plays, but Samoa Joe does not come out. Why? Because Samoa Joe has assumably been attacked backstage. He's backstage on the floor doing the Peter Griffin, holding his knee, um, you know, selling it, selling it, selling it. MJF is like, fuck this. I'm still going to defend my titles because I am a... Babyface Ace, and that's what Babyface Aces do. Then Jeff, he gets in there with the Devil's Masked Men, and he fails to def- successfully defend the titles. And although it being through cheating and legs being held on the ropes and things of that nature, the Devil's Masked Men do walk away with the uh, ROH tag titles. Um, then the masked men proceed to attack MJF after he is just lost. They're kicking the shit out of him. Blah, blah, blah. Samoa Joe then comes out with a chair, limping, people trying to stop him. Blah, blah, blah. Samoa Joe gets in the ring. He clears the ring out. And then, um, you know, the masked men kind of go away. MJF and Samoa Joe are left in the ring with each other. Samoa Joe still got the chair. And then the devil's face pops up on the Titan Tron. And a message that says, pleasure doing business with you. And Samoa Joe does a horror movie head tilt. 
and he <laughs> <laughs> he hits MJF with the steel chair, indicating and telling the audience that Samoa Joe has been working with the devil all along against MJF. Samoa Joe then annihilates MJF with the chair, and that is how we are going into World's End. MJF versus Samoa Joe for the AEW World title. Samoa Joe has been working with the devil the whole time. He has not been an honest, genuine bodyguard for Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Maxwell Jacob Friedman has been betrayed again. Um, you know, this is hopefully the last of these horseshitty devil lights off, devil popping up on the Titan Tron messages being sent, mass men bullshit angle that we get. Joe Horbert, I'll let you go first since you're you're fresh, you know, you're fresh. I've just gone on a run, so I'm many things, fresh is not one of them, but nonetheless, um. Where do you start with this is the question I think this kind of when I was when I was trying to figure out earlier, it's like I had kind of reached a like I'd kind of just settled on where I where I could be with this, you know, like it's not really good, but still it's Joe and MJ for the pay-per-view, it is what it is, so on and so forth. And none of us expected this to be good necessarily because of course, like look at the graphic, it looks ridiculous. But I did think this was actually there's levels to being like bad. I thought this was actually like really, really awful. Um, all time. Because <laughs> every piece of it was like a misstep of its own. Like the direction itself is a mistake, but even like someone mentioned this to me on Twitter, they may even be in the chat, I don't know. But like even the Joe of it, why did Joe have to do, like why couldn't Joe just not come out for his music? Why did you have to do the Peter Griffin thing to make it even more goofy than it already was? You know, like why the head tilt, why do they keep having to do the Titantron things? Um, why do the devils have like branded <laughs> gear? Um, why was it the branded main event? devil gear was crazy? It's wild, bro. Why was it the main event? Why did they put it on at like literally the end of the two hour block, which was like a signal to the audience this is an absolute like waste of your time? They did a match that somehow like I thought kind of buried both te- like both parties because. The Devils didn't, they pinned the world champ, but it was such a farce that it didn't even, like, it didn't mean a thing, obviously, and they're fucking, they're the devil. Not even the devils, they're the devil's masked men. But it, but then Max is getting pinned by those fellas. <laughs> and he's like, does that matter? Not really, but still. I mean, it's not ideal, really, right, considering the circumstances and the time. All of it is bad in its own way. And again, I say it's not so I expect it to be good. I just... I was very frustrated last night, more than I'm comfortable being with wrestling at this point in my life. I don't like to be frustrated or really upset about wrestling. Um, With that being said, this actually annoyed me because it just dawned on me that, like, I don't care about a Samoa Joe world title match. Like, incredible. You know how hard that is? Literally, look behind me. Like, you know how hard that is to do? (laughs) and, And worst of all, it didn't need to be this way because we've seen what these two can do with wrestling promos in a wrestling yeah. feud. So it's just, it's kind of been driving me nuts. Honestly, it's like total unforced error. They could just be selling a fight that has, you know, real gravity and importance. And instead their match is not even important because it's about the devil, which is almost certainly Adam Cole. So you've made a Samoa Joe MJF world title match about Adam Cole, which I'm sorry. I maybe I'm biased. I don't know. I don't really care. That's ridiculous to me. That's absolutely asinine. So, um, 
It's no, a real I'm an Adam Cole fan, and, and I completely agree. Yeah, it's just there's a time and a place, right? And especially because the Adam Cole turn was right in front of you anyway. Like, you could have just done their build and then had Cole turn on Max in a wrestling angle. But uh, it sucks. It's a shame, seriously. Like, it it doesn't have to be this way, and it seems to get worse every week. So this was brutal. It is very, very bad, isn't it, Charlie? And I know you've been kind of – you've been very – you know, ha- happy to say when MJF has missed, like even before the devil stuff, like just his mm-hmm. his shtick getting old and stuff like this. But the past couple months, Charlie, MJF has taken it to uh, levels I'm not even sure you were expecting him to reach when it comes we to are, uh, We are, sc- we are <laughs> you know? at the bottom of the barrel with this shit, man. I have had very little patience with MJF as a character on TV for months and months and months. And it just... I don't know how he gets worse. Like, every time I think he's hit a low point, it just somehow, it just gets worse. I'm not putting all the blame on him in this segment because the dev- the masked men doing tag work and tagging in and out instead of just beating the piss out of Max in this match was absolutely ridiculous. It was like, why are you working a match? You are literal fucking, like, why are you trying to work a match here? He's obviously beaten up, like, he's very injured. Just kick the shit out of him and take the belts. Like, you don't have to be a heel tag team in this situation. But it's just bad, isn't it? It's just really fucking bad. And I didn't think we'd hit another low point before the pay-per-view, but my God, they did it, so... Quite impressive, I guess. For all the wrong reasons. really pisses me off. Like the fucking pleasure doing business. Why couldn't have Joe just hit him? Why did they have to do the stupid? <laughs> yeah, run? like it would have been very fucking obvious what happened. Like we didn't need the little virtual signaling from the devil being like, "Ha ha, Joe's in cahoots with us." Just like I have a brain cell, I can figure that out by the fact that he's just turned on him. <laughs> like, I don't need it spelled out. No, everyone was everyone was puffing at the graphy. You know, like, and yeah, uh, right, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just, I wonder if you've updated the website yet. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> it's really brutal. And also, I do think it's worth noting, and maybe I'm wrong on this, and this was my own distaste for it bleeding over. It did not feel to me like a, this guy over in the building at all, actually. No, I, I, I went back and checked. Yeah. I went back and checked, yeah. bro. They, they didn't give a fuck. They, they seemed confused as to what 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 just happened, you know? Like why? Yeah, it's... It was brutal. very, very flat. <laughs> I, I just... At least they caught me off guard with the jokes. I'm like, I, I figured that Joe was working with the devil, but I didn't expect yeah. them to actually turn it to not on dynamite. So they caught me off guard with that. I'll give them that. Yeah. And that's a fine, like, that makes sense. I do think it points the finger at Cole to a degree that's almost ridiculous, yeah. you know? Like, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, because Cole, like, actively told him, like, team with Joe, give Joe his match. Yeah. Like, you know, it kind yeah. of feels. But, Joe will help you. Yeah, but it still is the twist makes sense, which I think makes it even more impressive that this was so bad. Yes, mm. you know, oh, like I've maybe. um, I'm a, uh, I'm I'm a lot of things. A wrestling historian is not one of them, but <laughs> I have watched Samoa Joe wrestle for almost twenty years now. Um, 
that was a complete character assassination of one of the biggest badasses in wrestling history. So the Samoa Joe I know in Obama's America, in Donald Trump's America, would never lay down and fake an injury to get out of a match. Like, I don't care if he eventually wanted to beat the shit out of Max, bro. Like, all that could have happened, like, after the match. The, when he was laying there and grabbing his knee and shit, I was just like, and I, I called it straight up. I was like, there's no way he actually got attacked. Like, there's no devils in the frame or anything like that. Like, yeah, so even put it in the rest of the Samoa Joe was assumably being attacked. Yeah, yeah, like, and it's just like, we're, we're not supposed to think these things about Samoa Joe. That's not Joe. Like, Joe being a heel and wanting to fight Max at his best or whatever, that's a Samoa Joe I know. Or even if he wanted to screw him at the end and cheat at the end of the match, that's completely different than him just laying on the fucking concrete, holding his leg like he's Peter Griffin. I can think I saw Joe tweet that out, bro. It's just like, it's, you know, like this, this is so bad, bro. Like, it's so bad. I, I don't even, it's, it's indescribably bad. All of this devil stuff, it sucks. And all of this, just to assumably see Adam Cole take off the devil's mask and throw his fingers in the air so everybody can scream Adam Cole, baby. That's what's been, that's what's been hoarding the, the main event scene since Wembley. That's what we've been building to. So, like, this 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 sucks, bro. This is so bad. I hate it so much. I hate it so much, bro. Like, get the world title away from this nonsense. Get get Roger Strong away from this nonsense. I I don't know. I don't know what to say, bro. This sucks. This is your world title program. <laughs> Closing the year strong. <laughs> I just don't understand how we got it. Like mm. when, like the devil's so obviously Adam Cole, and that's not like a bad thing. But we could have made this so much more interesting with him being out injured, and they've just done the most stupid shit. And the Kingdom are not a bad tag team by any means, but my God, pres- presuming they're under the mask, their performance last night was absolutely shocking. Like it was just bad. I just. Oh, I can't wrap my head around that. You know, the right like, way to do it. The idea then, that this is a way to do Adam Cole in the Kingdom is like mind-boggling to me. You know, it's like, can't you just do it? Like, what? Like, I don't know why we needed. He should have just come back with the Kingdom. Yeah. Like, why is then, this the means to an end? Like, the, the world, the world title. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? Oh. You, 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 you feel like you're here for a reason, and with that amount of background noise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, the background I to, is Yeah, 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 yeah. My sound is crazy. I'm aware. I, I deeply apologize. I had to pull up because I'm listening to y'all talk about this, right? And, and you guys are all making great points. But nobody's bringing up my issue, which is that. This is some, it's so retribution adjacent, dude. Question, guys. Why is this Why is this organization known as AEW sanctioning a match for one of their championships with people that are like in kayfabe terrorists? They literally have crashed this show repeatedly to attack their signed talent. Like the acclaimed were like taken out of commission and like they attack people. 
what why how 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 do they do they have insurance do they have like names registered are they on like like, like what are their names tony's supposed to know the names of his talents how, how is he sanctioning a match between thing one and thing two and, and, and like a black mask you know what I'm, like you know what i'm saying that makes no sense yep I, question okay um, um guys imagine if like somebody ran in the middle of a lakers celtics game right and just just had their own basketball. I was like, oh, LeBron, can you beat me? Can you beat me, LeBron? And then the NBA was like, all right, next week, the Lakers versus these hidden these hidden players, you know, on ESPN. Why why is he sanctioning this nonsense? Why is TBS agreeing to broadcast this? Like, like, like why are their television partners agreeing to do this? Why is the company like allowing and sanctioning this? I, I, like, is that too literal to be thinking this? Because that's that's all that comes to my mind. Yeah, no, it's not too little at all. I think that was uh, very much amplified by the and new graphics which we got. Yes! And... <laughs> why? Why is the graphic team like, like encouraging this? Like, hey, good job to those uh, mass assailants. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? All right, you do. Yeah, very just had a second. Very much appreciate. Thank you guys. <laughs> all right. Background, the background, the background noise, too much for me. It is what it is. It is what it is. Thank you, guys. As an executive. See, see how nice that is now? You know, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, can find, I can hear myself think. Yo, yeah. and that, the, the go-to excuse, right, for MJF and all of his MJF sympathizers was, oh, you fucking, you fucking online marks. You marks, don't you? Did, did it sound quiet in the arena, Eboo? Well, guess what? This week it sounded quiet and more fucking church mouse, bro. Like you could hear a pin drop. The world champion got pinned and nobody cared. The 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 always tag titles that have been a center point uh, in a lot of uh world title programs at this point that should be a big deal. Should be a big deal when they change hands. They change hands. Nobody cared. Nobody nobody moved a muscle last night in the arena when when NJF got pinned. Nobody like like I think one guy in the front row like threw his hands up. He's like, "What's going on?" But other than that, nobody cares, bro. Like, nobody gives a fuck. Like, this is yeah. terrible ah, finish too, by the way. Absolutely very poor. Was it Bryce? I think it was Bryce, yeah, it was right? Bryce. Yeah. God, like poor even Bryce. things, even to that level, things were bad here. You know, like, <laughs> the finish was terrible. Everything, the placement. Um, my goodness. This was this is one of those ones that like I'm not sure any version of this was good, but you play this out a hundred times, we may have got the worst version here to be honest. This was yeah. this was real bad. Yeah, it was very bad. Very, very bad. A weird dynamite, very much uh pitmized by that angle, you know. Um Angle that did have some really good stuff on it. No, a show that did have some really good stuff on it, but at the end of the day it had some absolute garbage on it at the same time, which is uh for me, it's like <clears throat> always. Joe, Joe's probably the most familiar with my rants about this, but like the A, like the AEW creative process, like always, like to kind of like single that out because it's like at this point, bro. And we were talking about earlier about Tony Khan's been experimenting, and you know this part like QT's just left, and you know he brought Will Washington in this year he brought Jimmy Jacobs in this year Brian Danielson seems to be more and more involved in the creative and it's like you know you can even go back to like the beginning of AEW when it was like Tony Khan and the Elite and Cody and then that got changed to 
okay, Tony Khan's the person who's overseeing everything, but those guys can, of course, contribute. And some people like that, some people didn't like that. And the product did get really good for a period of time. But my point is, is that AEW has been around for fucking four years, or four, nearly five years now. Tony Khan was saying on the media call earlier that January 1st is when they like, did the big launch and announcement of AEW is going to be a thing. So we're, we're approaching five years on that. Tony Khan has been tinkering and changing and playing with his creative process and personnel for basically the whole time. How are you still pulling off stuff that is so inconsistent with what your core audience wants, bro? Like, how are you still having shows that have these high peaks and crazy flaws like how are we still here and i'm not saying that like you should have a creative team pick it and that's your process and you stick with it forever but like with the amount of attention that tony khan has put into seemingly tinkering with it and trying to get it right like how are we still at this point after a review of aw dynamite scratching our heads about how shit can be so bad in this show like how are we how is this still happening Joe, you know, you know, you know, the nasty part is Monty. It's never, it's not like there's ever been a time in the five years AEW's existed where something has been extremely over online with the hardcore AEW fans, and it just like didn't draw any money for AEW. Like the fans refused to invest in it. Like in actuality, wasn't drawing quarters. People weren't buying tickets to go see it. It's always gone hand in hand. So for there to be such a big departure between what they're trying to like do right now in some of these segments and what the online fans want to see is is crazy to me. I don't I don't get it at all. I think yeah. some of it is you know one of the benefits of of AEW is the creative freedom that a lot of the top guys have, right? That's a way you can lure some guys. That's a, that's kind of like a plus for some of the top guys there. It also can be an issue if they have certain instincts, right? Like Chris Jericho has had some great segments, he's had some awful segments, but his creative instincts are very much raw in 2000, right? Like that's the way yeah. he's meant. And that's not, that isn't an inherently bad thing. However, this is not a new thing where Jericho's segment feels like, you know, it's on a, it's on a different show. I think we've seen similar things with Max lately. So I think what you're, the reason it's inconsistent, especially in terms of tone is because there are different people behind different segments and as a result there's not like an overall vision of how it should look it's more just like each lineup will shape how that show feels you know if, if rather than a chris jericho live promo there's an eddie kingston live promo the show will have an entirely different tone <laughs> than, it, than it would have otherwise so i think uh i think that's part of it and that's a, that's saying that he's gonna have to kind of navigate i think reining guys in without you know i guess handcuffing them creatively um I don't buy it for a second that he's watching this devil angle, Tony Khan that is, and thinking this is real graps right here. That's you know, that's, that's sick. I love yeah. it. I, I don't buy it. So I, I I don't know. Maybe uh maybe the Continental Classic they'll they'll learn lessons from this because yeah, I think there's been pretty obvious ones like right in front of them. But yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we kind of we got into that a lot more earlier because we were talking about how Tony Khan was talking about the Continental Classic in the media call, and we were just talking about hopefully he has learned these lessons that you've just mentioned, you know. Um, but yeah, man, I just, uh, I just, 
obviously you, you cut them like five years in the sense of what what, what I was talking about, like as a wrestling promotion, like it's still like an early, early days, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. in kind of the context of what I was talking about, about like how Tony Khan still hasn't even settled on, like it feels like he doesn't even know what AEW is. And he's yeah. still trying to figure that out. And he's doing experiments and fucking control groups or whatever the fuck that means. You know what I mean? And it's like, you don't even know what the vision is for his own. Like, and he's, you don't even know what the vision is for his own company. And he's supposed to be the person steering the ship. And to Joe's point of it, it's like the talent on the show is dictate how it should be. That shouldn't be like something that affects the overall feeling no. of the show. You, you know? Um, the show, the AEW itself as a promotion should have an identity. Dynamite in itself should have a don uh, has it have its own identity. If you want to do something a bit different on Collision, then that should have its own identity. These shows and these brands and these promotions should know what they are, what they want to be, and that should be easily portrayed to us as fans, so we know what we're getting behind, like we did at the start of AEW, because it was very clear what AEW was at the start. It was a wrestling company by the wrestlers, funded by a billionaire. That was kind of the message as well. That was the messaging behind the company mm. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I don't know what it is. Personal, like my, in my personal experience of being a fan of AEW and being someone who reviews all the shows and covers it on WrestlePurist and stuff like that and keep, tries to keep up to date with all the news and stuff, I don't know what AEW's vision is right now. I don't know what it is. I haven't known what it is from a majority of the past year or so. Um, sometimes it's more blatant than others. Sometimes you kind of just let it slip because the shows are, they're on like kind of almost, I don't want to call it luck because that kind of discredits them a lot, but um, they're on a fortunate run of good form of shows or something. So you don't really think it's time to bring it up and have these conversations. But after that angle last night, brother, you know, I've yeah. got, got the time. All right. <laughs> To me, it's a case of, and I'm not saying it's to put the conversation off, I just, I do think it's the, the best way to look at this. I think the first quarter of 2024 is going to be, like, fascinating in this regard because yeah. we talked a lot in the last month about what will this TV look like once the Continental Classic is done. And this was an alarming watch before the Continental Classic was done. <laughs> so, to me, you have two directions in front of you. And I think the one you choose is going to be absolutely pivotal as to what kind of 2024 is ahead of AEW. Um, I think the choice is pretty obvious. The yeah. best version of AEW is when they kind of, I mean, I, I say this to be kind of dismissive of the creative, but let's be honest, the best version is when they get out the talent's way and let them wrestle and cut wrestling promos. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When they overcomplicate things, they undercut their biggest advantage, which is they have an all-time great pro wrestling roster. Let wrestlers be wrestlers. Let them tell their stories in a way that is simple, a matter of conflict and wanting to win wrestling matches, and I think you'll be much better off. And I think you've seen that in the Continental Classic. It's not that simple without a tournament. Obviously, you are going to need to, you know, you're going to need to, like, sprinkle in angles and stuff and and more personal issues. But I still think the core ingredients are there and right in front of you. So we can only hope we see more of that and less of what ended this show. We don't know right now what that balance is going to look like. Right now, the balance is insane, right? Because you're getting yeah. like a classic match followed by, you know, like 1990 WCW. Um, so, how they figure that balance out, and you know, next year, I think is going to be really key, like super, super important. Big year for them. Big, 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 big quarter for them. Big quarter for them because it, it seems like the 
the the announcement of television deals and stuff is imminent. Obviously, we already know that NXT is going to be on CW. We know that um, we know that USA is going to have SmackDown. Um, so yeah, Raw, Dynamite, uh, the whole AEW package. Bro, read, reading the quotes, Rampage, ROH. It's reading know. the quotes. It seems like TK was trying to make it seem like they're with Warner Brother Discovery through 2024. Which I never got that impression before today. But he was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have a great 2024 with uh with Warner." And I was like, "I, I don't know." I think it's the I think it's the option, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's the option. Yeah, uh, 2024 is the option, yeah, which they picked up a while ago. Um, okay. So yeah, and they will get the they're gonna get more money for this year than they have the previous three years. Um. So yeah, it's an option you have at Warner Brothers Discovery already decided to take up. So, uh, but it's like, you know, the announce the actual announcements of where they're going to be in twenty twenty five, and so like they're in the next three to six months at least. You know, so um, very interesting times. Obviously, um, I don't know, I don't know. Very interesting. Yeah, as Joe said, uh, identity wise, where where's the identity going to fall, and where's the actual show promotion going to fall in terms of what network and accessibility and Tony's quite a lot to figure out, brother. Brian yeah, Danielson, genuinely. Brian Danielson stopping full time. That's you know, that's mm. what, what do we think Danielson stopping full time actually looks like? Like, what are we expecting here? Like, three matches a year? Like, mm, I think mm-hmm. maybe a couple more for, at the start. I think, uh, yeah. yeah, probably he's like still six. so good, you know. I feel like he's gonna, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like he's the type of person to be like, yo, I, I try, but fuck this, bro. Like, I, I need to wrestle. I'm wrestling until yeah. I die. Yeah. Like, I, I don't yeah. know, man. I, we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reluctantly, yes, we will. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to be dragged over that thing. <laughs> um, it's also it's important to note, like, we talk about identity and, and style and stuff. I think it's this is key, like, I think we're all aware there does need to be variety on the show, right? We're all aware of mm-hmm. this. There's, there's what five hours of TV. Um, there does need to, there can, there's room for some silliness and some shtick. There's always been that in AEW. It's worth kind of reiterating. But the key, I think, is does it tonally fit together? You know, does it like, does it feel like it could, it could feasibly exist in the same world mm-hmm. <laughs> right now? And as, as of late, the issue has been that some of the stuff feels like it is from like an actual different timeline altogether, yeah. which is jarring to watch. There's a there's a fine line there between variety and the wrestling buffet that they would used to talk about back in the day and what is happening. This is actually a different show that I don't want to watch at all. And that's yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's been a real issue. It's like when people when people were talking about oh yeah, variety wrestling buffet, people were talking about okay. One one segment, fucking, I don't know, CM Punk would be punching someone and, you know, having like, some heated old school like, angle, yeah. you know, which, is, like, which was fire at the time. Then you'd have like a high fucking, you know. Um, yeah, fucking somebody doing a 630 to the outside. Yeah, you'd have, like, table, a, yeah. Like, yeah. You'd have like a hot lucha versus yeah. match or something. And then you would have like, you know, Eddie Kingston and someone else dropping each other on the heads and doing chops. Like, that's the sort of, like, hardcore wrestling fan variety that they loved and are probably still looking for. Not 
yeah. zombies and devils. Exactly. And then a bit of wrestling. Like, because even if you look at the, even if you look at the two CC finals, like those were two different types of wrestling matches. Yeah. Like not even just mm-hmm. triple threats themselves in the way that they were worked. Like in the fashion that they that they that they structured those wrestling matches, like there there's a there was a strong variety in those matches. Like there's variety in wrestling itself. It doesn't mean you gotta do like clown show shit one segment for the sake of variety and the mystical yeah. casual fan, the 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 five hundred thousand people that extra that are gonna start watching AEW because you do some clown nonsense with devils and whatever the fuck else like you think brings in casual people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got a lot to figure out. Important, 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 very, very vital few months going into uh, 2024. But yeah, let's do some super chats and get out of here. Yeah. Um, Matt K, two pounds, appreciate you. Hope all is well, Joe. One love. I didn't realize Matt had moved to the UK, but God bless. <laughs> Um, bro, four ninety nine. Appreciate. It. Why are you guys approaching this segment as if this wasn't clearly the kingdom? I mean, we didn't approach. We didn't approach it like it wasn't the kingdom. I mean, we, no, didn't, I mean, we didn't approach we like didn't it was anybody. Right say it was the kingdom. <laughs> other than that, well, I don't see how we approached it like it wasn't them. So, I mean, I was straight up tweeted that it's Mike Bennett on the one. Of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, 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 look at his head, bro. It's Mike Bennett. It is a hundred percent. Yeah, if, um, it's a, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's weird. The guessing game's been funny because there's been like there's been instances where it's been blatantly Wardlow. There's been instances like yeah. last night where if you've got kind of like a sharp boy, you can probably tell that that's Mark Benny. You know, and it's like then you can put two and two together, and it's like yeah. you know. Anyway, um, push two dollars. Appreciate it very much. TK got a little bit of that Vince influence in him. That's uh that's a big conversation for another day, which you know, I, I could probably get some content out of that. You know? I don't even agree. Well, yeah, I, I can't I, co-sign that one, but it'd be an interesting that, conversation. Yeah. Um five dollars appreciate you again. Is there an argument that MJF is the worst AEW champ out of all the holders, or is that an overreaction? Even Punk's Rain never got this bad armor. Well the punk Punk's oh, no, is barely actually Count the one even like reigns. You know, if, if, if you're counting, he won the belt, but he didn't yeah. have a reign. You know, if, uh, if you're counting Punk, you have to put him dead last. Just off the fact that he has zero yeah. title defenses, yeah. was out for months. Yeah, like you have to put him dead last. But if you're not counting Punk, yeah, MJF is by far, by far my least favorite AEW World Champion of all time. I've never had disdain for. Like I'm not saying I loved every single program that every single champion was ever in, but I never had active disdain for their reign or what they or what their vision was for pro wrestling or what they were planning to do with their run. Anyway, and this mm-hmm. is I I I can't stand what's going on right now, bro. Like it's it's the worst stuff. It's the worst men shit on the show. Let me put it that yeah, way. It's, it's it's a tough one because I think to kind of go back to what I was saying earlier about MJF's reign is like. I would probably put him last as well, but like I think as a reign as a whole, like we are all going to be left with left with like a bit of bad taste in our mouth from it from what's happened the past few months and you know how the reign is unfortunately coming to an end. But you know, obviously up until pretty much up until like the Jay White stuff, like you think of MJF's reign at the end of all in, 
you know, the Adam Cole match particularly, like, it wasn't exactly like something that got me jumping up and down. It wasn't like more kind of match, but the match itself was a successful match. Yeah, it was a successful one. Blah, 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 blah. You know, so at that point, MJF's reign was like going great, you know. Um, and then the Jay White feud didn't really do anything for anyone. It probably hurt Jay White, if anything. And then now there's this devil shit which we've been talking about for nearly three hours, you know. Um, <laughs> it's um, it's a shame that it's kind of had to completely go off the rails and just like, go like, full so far, you know. And I think it is probably the worst AEW world title reign because the other ones have been generally pretty good, man. Like Kenny had a great reign. Hangman had a decent reign, which a lot of people would have hoped it would have been better, but it wasn't through fault of his own. He performed very well as champion. Uh, Chris Jericho, of course, the inaugural champion, which helped, you know, establish the belt, so you, you wouldn't say it was him. You know, it's <laughs> there's uh, been some good champions in AEW, you know what I mean? So Moxley, of course, like, yeah, he's had the belt about eight times and defended yeah. it about 50 you know, so <clears throat> the bar's pretty high, but you know, it's kind of is what it is, isn't it? I just um, it's wild that we're having this conversation and like I think fairly having it considering the match you had with Dragon in what was that March yeah. and it feels like a lifetime ago. That's like what I'm it's saying, man. it's yeah. wild. Yeah. It's a shame. It is a shame because MJF has a talent. He's he is a great talent, he's a generational talent yeah. in my opinion. And uh, I don't feel any differently in terms of his talent or skill level towards him. I just yeah. think obviously it's just more of a uh, direction. His execution and what he wants to do isn't for me. He's, ta- he's talented as hell, bro, but I don't think he applies it well at all. Like when I look back at his reign, I'm like, wow, that was probably the greatest Iron Man match I've ever seen in my life. And then what else do we have? We have some TV matches. You have the Adam Cole TV match. match. We have the Takeshi TV match. The Ricky Starks TV match. It's just like, bro, every every world champion has those. Uh, more, even so. Like, so it's just, I, I have to put you dead last, bro. Like, Yeah. It's, um, it's a shame because Locke said he was performing very, very well up until like, the end of the summer. And then, you know, Locke said, Jay White, Devil stuff, kind of. And now we're like, you know, he's the worst AW world champion that there's been, you know, which sounds a lot more harsh than it actually is because as yeah. I just laid out, like, the champions have all been generally very good. So, um, you know, but with Stinker the with Tanahashi, said, Stinker with President Ace, man. That was nasty. <laughs> Shut up, Spurs. <laughs> yeah, you're probably better off. Uh, Shut up, Spurs, $4. Appreciate you. I think lessons have already been learned. Think about how little time this took and how little MJF has been around compared to the white feud. When he's injured... He's injured, so maybe that has something to do with it. But I, I do see where you're coming from, where before this was getting like 30 minutes an episode, and now it's like, all right, continue. And the continental shit MJF. as well. So it's, like, yeah. it's hard to actually really say, isn't it? Because it's like... MJF has been injured and you've been doing the Continental Classic. So naturally, of, of course, MJF's time has been drastically cut because one, he isn't there every week and two, mm-hmm. he's doing something that takes up so much time anyway. So I'd, um, I'd like to think that TK wouldn't approve 30 minutes of devil shenanigans every week if MJF was healthy and the CC wasn't going on. Just based oh, yeah. off of crowd, uh, 
fan reaction alone, but you never know. Yeah, obviously, I'd hope that would be the case, but uh, yeah, Charlton Spurs. I think I think it's a little, uh, but you you could absolutely be right, but I just think it's a little early to say because of circumstances I was just mentioning. Uh, Andy, hundred rupees, appreciate as always. Disappointed by the world's end build. Only Eddie versus Max has been enhanced by TV. Miro versus Andrei, Joel versus MJF were hurt. Swerve versus Leap characters have moved on. Can't disagree with a lot of what you're saying. Yep. Keyword enhanced. Because it's easy to forget. We get very close to this. We watch the show every week. That is the actual point. (laughs) If if matches would have more anticipation and excitement if they just threw up a graphic, that is not a good signal as to what you've done on the TV show. You know? So, absolutely. And and there needs to be much more of a. And I find this to be a wrestling wide issue, actually, where it's just like, this is what we do. This is how we build to matches. But simply building to a match does not mean it is a good build or a build that has added intrigue to the match. Yeah. Miro Andrade is a perfect example. Yeah, they've spent a lot of time on this. Yeah, he's sad. Exactly right. But if you'd have just thrown up a graphic six weeks ago and said December 30th, they're going to fire, I'd have said, I'm in, you know? So it's, yeah. that's important. I think it's a really, it's a good point. And it's saying that I think, Again, I don't think it's just an AEW thing. I think sometimes there are builds done just for the sake of ticking a box. And it's like, yeah, what are you actually true. achieving with this, you know? Yeah. I think you said it when you said as well. Like, we, we, you can be, we as fans as well, and reviewers, I guess, podcasters, whatever the fuck. I mean, obviously the people actually involved making these stories, writing them and stuff, but we're just too close to it sometimes, where yeah. it's like... Yeah. Sometimes it is good to sit. Like, I'll do it as a fan. Sometimes, literally mid-show, like, I'll be watching something. I'll be like, what is the purpose of this? You know, like, what, what, who, what are we achieving here? What is being, how is this story being enhanced? Word using the Super Chats. You know, I agree with everything said in the Super Chats, to be honest. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But it's not always tough, you know. It's not always tough. There was very good things on this AEW Dynamite. Some stories were advanced, you know, enhanced, sorry. For sure. You know. This, the shows have been really, I mean, you know, we've kind of circled this a bunch of times, but the Continental Classic alone has ensured the shows have been really good as of late, you know? Yeah. I mean, some of the best TV I've seen, honestly, there was a collision a couple of weeks ago. It's one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. It was outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it was like a pay-per-view. So we, when we have these conversations, I think I think people know this, but it's always worth kind of, being this drama, it's like it's because we see where it can be, and for a lot of us, AWS Best is really like by far the most compelling wrestling for us. For me personally, it is. Yeah, you know? like there's no other wrestling that that can move me the way that Dragon and, and Eddie did here, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we have these conversations, because we feel like it could be it's as awesome as it is at times, but man, we feel like it could be a lot better, right? So that's and that's what it's rooted in, but. Anyway, my bad for my detour there, Monty. What we got next here? Oh, it's a good detour, mate. You're all right. Uh, I'm walking down the path of no return, 199. Dunkin' Donuts will start, but the real questions. Uh, we don't have many Dunkin' Donuts over no. in the UK. I'm, I'm, I'm not a coffee guy, but um, <laughs> if you're just going off food, I got to go with Dunkin'. Oh, yeah. The boycott in Starbucks, so. Yeah, but I don't. I didn't I mean, want to I'm get not, political on here. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not even. But, it's, not even, it's not even a thing where it's like oh, I don't say that. It's like I literally don't yeah. even know what's going on. But uh, that's yeah. my. Yeah, I, that's I, I just. I, I know it's so much different. I don't know what you, you know? said to be boycotted or whatever. But I, you know, 
I definitely um I think everybody everybody knows where I stand on this, but yeah, I'm going with Dunkin'. Um, yeah, in terms of just I don't know, food and drinks, I've tried Dunkin' Donuts donuts before. They were selling them in like Tesco's or some shit one time, and they were very nice. Uh, mm. Starbucks food has never really impressed me, Joe Hall, but yeah. and I'm not a coffee guy. Yeah. So bro, I'm Starbucks go, food I'm is go tiny and expensive donuts. as hell, bro. Yeah. Like it's so small. The Renaults here is Greg's. Greg's. Yes. yes, you don't got that over here. No. Rule Britannia, <laughs> folks. <laughs> that is a, that's the best answer, Greg's. Uh, appreciate you though, uh, Castor Show. Appreciate you as always when you pop Shout out to Castor. Uh, wishing rest of purest growth in the new year. Stay safe, yeah. y'all. Moxie versus Kingston is going to be a movie. Shout out, A.O. Appreciate you. Appreciate this shout out, my boy. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to bring up that you ran away from Twitter because Sam Howell, the quarterback for the Washington racial slurs, has been exposed as a fraud, um, a backup at best. People, ignorant people, disgusting people, people that don't know any better, much like my friend Cassidy here, thought that he would be a future franchise QB. That has been exposed to not be true. So everybody laugh at Caster, laugh at the Washington racial slurs, but um, appreciate the $10, bro. <laughs> that was incredible. Versus uh, and $2, interesting. What are you doing in the <laughs> US, mate? Anyway, finish my story before Cody Rhodes. God bless you, mate. I got to get one more of those tweets off before Mania. Somebody won a title. Who could it be? Uh... I don't know. I was thinking, I'm trying to think of the last time. That's why we need Eddie to win. Gunther? Yeah, Gunther could win. Eddie Eddie could work. Eddie beating Brian last night could have worked. (laughs) It could? Oh, that was a missed opportunity. But it it doesn't hit the same without the gold. You got to have the picture of them raising the gold. So I'll do it for the triple crown. The confetti. I I think we can get out of here. I think we can get out of here. We've we've, we've yeah. took enough for you, your guys' time. Uh, Joe Holbert, we appreciate you being live via satellite and live via in the room and live via however we're going to call it. <laughs> Cafe, brother. Uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Charlie A.O. The nasty part of this is when Holbert bills you for two pods after this. Well, yeah. <laughs> we have a discussion over after the show. <laughs> oh, well, can't wait. I had Ibu discussing when he's going to get paid with me live on the air yesterday as well. It's just... Oh, God. Oh, wow. my God. You <laughs> should find him for that, bro. You should you should find him for that and give the money to us, in my opinion. But, yeah. yeah. I'll think about it. I'll consider it. Um, but, yeah, Charlie, Joe, I hope you all had a great Christmas. I hope everyone who's watching has had a great Christmas. And... You know, uh, we haven't offended anybody with our the three-hour AEW Dynamite review, which included a few rants. Um, yeah, man, this, this is what we do every Thursday, you know? That's it's right. what we're going to be doing in 2024. Yeah. Joe Halbert, I'm still negotiating a contract with him for 2024 Thursdays, you know? Um, we got a lot. We got a lot coming at WrestlePurist. Also, people, go to the WrestlePurist website and vote for your wrestler of the year. Yes. I will. I'm going to tweet the link again. Just, I'm just going to randomly tweet the link in about five minutes. So, keep an eye on the WrestlePurist page, or you can literally go to like if you type in WrestlePurist Awards 2023 in Google, it will probably come up at the top. So, mm-hmm. 
Right, is that everything? Um, tomorrow, me and Joe Hobart will be back. Afternoon show. Hopefully, Observer Newsletter is interesting. Hopefully, we have some stuff to talk about, you know. But if not, we're just going to talk about Eddie Kingston or Kawada or fucking Good. Tully Blanchard or something. Uh, you know? The big three, King, Kawada and Tully. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, good stuff, but yeah, appreciate everyone who's tuned in. Appreciate everyone who tuned into the watch along yesterday with AO and Carl. Um, but yeah, like, subscribe, appreciate what the fuck. Um, <laughs> like, subscribe, appreciate all the super chats. Thanks for watching, people. We'll be back tomorrow. Peace. Happy.